decide the topic. From love chat for Matt to the hate in your heart. I can't believe it. There are no limits. You can be nice. I love legends. You can be mean. I don't give a fuck. Or you can blow it all up. Every Wednesday at 9, it gets crazy when you get their number and you can call them maybe. And now, here they are, Matt Christensen and Blonde. Hello and welcome to the show. It is the call-in show, the show where you get our number and we are at your mercy. Merry Christmas Eve, Eve, Blonde, and everyone in the audience. Me too. Ah, this is a precarious <laughs> setup I've got going on right now. Just it looks like your microphone. Well, one, if, if you're tuning in live, you get to see what a giant dick it looks like right now. That's uh, spread. <laughs> and then two, uh, you get to see your screen bouncing around. Blonde is at a uh, undisclosed Christmas location. So, you know, on a laptop, things are balancing. Uh, no, bear- and at this angle, like this up my nose angle. Yeah. Bouncing on a bouncing on a child's step stool. Oh. So that's the situation I have going on right now. Hi, we always have um, pristine, high quality setups on this very professional, not at all duct tape yep. production. Thank you guys for bearing with uh, bearing with um, the the setup for the night. We will of course uh, have a uh, Christmas Eve Eve call in show like normal. Can't wait to hear what you guys have to say before the holiday. Uh, if you are new to the show, instructions for how to participate are in the YouTube description. So hop in the server. We'll uh, perhaps uh, get your call. To, well, I suppose it's too late to participate tonight, but in the future, if you're new to the show, we'll catch you then. Anyway, it's the uh, same microphone. Why is it so much more phallic? Is it the? It's is it just the angle. It's the angle. It's like the way it's set up it, it and it's it's just like jutting straight at you if you guys aren't tuning in live on youtube you're really missing out let me tell you no <laughs> anyway uh other than that'll be a normal call-in show tonight oh quick announcement we're not going to do a call-in show next week so that'll be december yeah. 30th between christmas and new year's so call-in show is off sunday shows will go on as scheduled and the uh call-in show will return as normal on January 6th. Other than that, everything will be normal for tonight. So let's uh, let's hop into the calls. Juggernaut the Destroyer is up first. Maybe it would be better if I put this on the bed. <laughs> You're going to put your mic on a bed? No, if I put the laptop on the bed. Okay. Be <laughs> All right. Well, if you need to move <laughs> stuff, I'll, I'll, I'll have to probably mute your input. Anyway. Never mind. We'll just we'll just do it on the fly. <laughs> okay, Juggernaut, what's up, man? Hi. Uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, good Merry sir. Merry Christmas to you too. And uh, suppose I'd keep in the theme of Christmas and talk about religion. <clears throat> so I was sure. going to ask a question. I was um yeah I was listening to um the Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris debates. Did they and, do something uh, recently, or is this old stuff? This is old stuff. They did okay. this, I think, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, on part four, they had Douglas Murray as a moderator, and he suggested that the entirety, basically, or the majority of the left wing was simply replacing Christianity as a religion because they pushed Christianity out because it had yeah. the, the, you know. But, but Sam Harris's response to that was effectively... Well, that's the it's the dogma that's bad not necessarily the spiritual part of it it's the dogma that's bad they both have dogma and that kind of got me thinking I, so this is 
is my question. Is it possible to live in a cohesive kind of society with everybody agreeing on something without an underlying dogma? Well, yeah, that's interesting because dogma has a negative connotation to it. But but what it means is like a, mm-hmm. it's a fun, it's a foundational truth or something that can't be questioned more more uh, more accurately. It's not even that it's um, unquestionably true. It's that it's not to be questioned, which can be both good and bad. If it's something that's false or dangerous or destructive, dogma is bad. If it's something that is something inherently true about the world or about the human condition, dogma isn't necessarily bad. So I wouldn't consider it a positive or a negative. It depends on what the dogma is. And to your question can you have a functional society without one? I don't think you can have a functional society without baseline philosophical agreement as we're watching play out right now. What, what do we have in common right. with the left? Uh, yeah. And even if you have an atheistic society that in and of itself is, uh, is dogmatic, I think you can lean towards libertarianism. I can't, I've said this so many times, but if you have a high IQ homogenous society, you can implement pretty much any kind of society that you want and it'll be somewhat functional, but we don't, and we're never going to have that. So we need some kind of overarching thing here. And I think it has to be Christianity. Your thoughts, Joe? Mm. What do you, what do you say about your own question about dogma? I, I do not think it's possible to have an underlying I don't even know if it's necessarily possible to not have a God in some sense, but that would have taken too yeah. long to explain. Sorry. I'll try sure. and articulate it better in, for next time. Oh, I appreciate the brevity. Uh, much but, appreciated. Uh, yeah. Okay, man. Well, thank you for the thoughts. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know that I've ever listened to those debates. I know the first Sam Harris, Jordan Peterson encounter was, <laughs> that was something else, man. I listened to that on a long car drive and, by the end of it, I felt like half my brain had melted away. I just uh... yeah, what a jerk off session. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, man. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, okay. Phosphorator is up next. Phosphorator, you're good to go if you're ready. Hello. We'll give him a second. Michigan expat is up after that. Michigan expat, you're good to go if you're ready. Or phosphorator, if you're if you're ready, chime in. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah. Go for it. Ah, all right. Well, hello. I'm in upside down land at the moment. Um, <laughs> I guess I have three, three major kind of things that I've been thinking about. First off, no one listens to ugly people, so stop being one. Uh, second one is, <laughs> ah, shit. What was the second one? You know, like what constitutes a nation? And the third one was, I'm forgetting now. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Pick from either of those first two if you want. Okay. Uh, My instinct is to pick the ugly one, but I guess I'll pick what constitutes a nation. Uh, All sure. right. So um, 
in in regards to what I think constitutes a nation, it's uh at least in terms of like you know an ethnic kind of perspective, ethnic perspective, because um not surprisingly I'm a bit of an ethnic nationalist. Is uh wow. the dangerous words I know is okay. uh, Susan Bate coming like, up. To, uh, Susan Bate, uh, not really, not really. It it only involves mass deportations, but that's like a separate part. Okay. Um, uh, so to me, like I've often had this argument with like people like my brother, who's a typical like lefty liberal type, leaves and defund the police, all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't understand why he was always confused when I said that, uh, you know, if you invite all these foreigners, it will destroy the nation. Mm-hmm. And from his perspective, I, I learned that, in his opinion, what constitutes a nation is basically up for grabs, and because that, um, because like places like America have, oh, you know, we can slap this broad American term on everyone that's black, yellow, or white, they're all one cohesive identity. Mm. And he didn't understand that from my perspective, you know, if if you don't have a cohesive group interest, it's not a nation. You don't have a cohesive will to stay together. It's not a nation, and if you're not from relatively compatible groups, you can't form anything new. So, like, I don't know. With with America, they always talk about how it's a great melting pot, but you know, when you look back to it, America is testing. Testing. Okay, hold on, hold on, Max oh. Pat. Uh, like when you look back to it, America is a very you know Anglo-British country. They thought that they were you know we're the true Brits. These guys have lost the spirit of the revolution. We're we're starting the new one, and even the idea of like an Irish president was considered hyper controversial all the way up until the '60s when JFK got in. Mm-hmm. And and you look at that kind of America had to undergo a lot of very harsh treatment in order to fuse Germans, Irish, and Anglo's, or as I like to call them, Angloids, into a into one nation. You know. And those are uh, people I'm, that I'm are basically <laughs> genetically indecipherable. Yeah, too. they're genetically similar enough. They have enough similar cultural import. Yeah, like but I, I think we should add some sub, some sub, sub, uh, ugh. what what is the word I'm looking for? Um, Sub-Saharan Africans Sub-cultures? to the mix. Oh uh, well, yeah. Here's the thing. Out. You know, why would you want to repeat the level of violence and suppression that it took to integrate German Americans into America? Like, you know, yeah, the two world wars with that extreme anti-German sentiment, uh, it, it took that level of shut the fuck up and, <laughs> and your identity now lo- no longer exists. We're going to suppress it very mm-hmm. violently. And we're going to do that. We're going to get groups that are even more wildly different that if you, even if you don't know what you're looking at, you can notice aren't the same. And you're going to try and mash them together without using that same level of extreme, you know, harshness. You know, to me, America, I think it's it's a rather sad case. And I think Australia is as well. I'm I, I said this a bit earlier, but like I'm not an Anglo. I have Anglo friends and I'm from, you know, southern Europe originally. And uh, I don't know when I look at these places and like the beautiful northwestern European European, you know, ideas that built them, and then I look at all the people coming in. I'm like, this isn't, this isn't going to work. There is no person with a sane, rational mind that can look at these places and think, yeah, that's going to work. You know what I want to try? I want to try the unification of France, but with groups that are even more different. 
and we won't have any violence because of it. It's a great idea, guys. Let's all get going. And I don't know. It's it's kind of disheartening, but well, they clearly knew way, it was going also... to. We got to give you the boot, but they knew yeah, it was they... going to fail. Obviously, yeah, they know it's going to fail. And I don't know. To me, it's it's a black pill because you know it's it's the destruction of a lot of European nations. But it's also a bit of a white pill because I know that in the end, their beautiful, multicultural, wonderful utopia—it's never going to work. I know that even if I fail, even if my genetic line ends, some other poor European sod's going to get up, start a revolution, and he's going to win because it's inevitable. It's inevitable that groups will, you know, coalesce and form around their own and exclude outsiders. And you know what? Sad to say, as much as I'd like, you know, to have the wonderful reality of we can all live together, the, the sad thing is the most uh, successful group is the one that's most outwardly hostile, inwardly cooperative, and, and violent. It's, Look at it's Chinatown. <laughs> Look at them. They're doing it right. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, you know, we gotta yeah. we gotta let you go, but I mean that is no, the I, biggest white pill of all. At least we can tell people that uh, we were right. Even if you don't win, <laughs> even if your genetic line ends, there will be at some point in the future a nationalist that will win because they will always. It, if they're more outwardly hostile, they're more inwardly cooperative. They will always win over people that aren't. All right, get out of here. See ya. Uh, all right, mercy from Susan. Uh, Merry Christmas, man. Have a good night. I mean, of course, he's right. But, yeah. Uh, well, there, you can't deny, uh, in-group preference. I mean, that's, that's obviously a thing. Yeah, but anyway. we're also witnessing, uh, the end age of America, the failure of the multicultural melting pot. So, you know, people that, that think like that, that are being called white supremacists and ethno-nationalists and everything, they, they are going to be vindicated in the end. The, the, that has the, to be some consolation, right? The pushback I would have though is the the white leftist the white progressive is among the most insufferable destructive people that exist like i am i'm not dismissing everything that he's saying because there is a correlation in value systems there just is it's it's there aren't a lot of um countries in africa or the middle east that are adopting western values for a reason they they choose not to but would I put yeah. would I put that identity as the highest on the hierarchy? No, I mean there there are value structures. Yeah, that, but that they are, are self hating dysgenic freaks that want to see <laughs> the end of their their genes. Yeah, because uh, because of guilt over slavery or some stupid shit. Um, like imagine being so dysgenic that you actually want to end your line because of something that you perceive that your ancestors did. Yeah, because but that's so that's what I'm saying. Worthless. Like I think those people are. Uh, among the most destructive that exist. I'm not saying that they're most or that they're all or anything, but I, I need to be a little bit more values based no, I, and individualistic than, than I was going to tell you, I went to a Mexican market today and this Mexican lady came up and like, she didn't ask me or anything. She just started like touching my baby. And, uh, and I was like really touched by that. I thought it was, you know, in this weird COVID time, I, I thought it was like a really nice gesture. And mm. on the way home, I was thinking like, I hate white leftists so much more than any other than any racial group I can think of. I, mean, they are I just I hate basically them. the worst. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a real problem. Yeah. What are we going to do? Uh, well, if you saw on Twitter last night or maybe the night before, six hundred dollar guillotine was trending. You can use your stimulus check for that. Although maybe they're going to be bigger. Um, Michigan expat. Sorry to uh, to cut you off earlier. Are you still there? They're Matt, blonde. Yo. What's on your mind? 
Hey, just, uh, well, first time caller. Uh, I only really started following your content since like this past August, maybe it was mid July or whatever, but, uh, you know, I'm feeling a little, uh, small picture right now. So I just want to tell you, I want to talk about, uh, you know, I'm just really getting tired of people picking fights with me at uh, grocery stores. And you know what? It's not really? even always about, yeah. I mean, and it's not even always about face diapers. I mean, <laughs> the face diaper mandates really didn't come to my area until uh beginning of July, you know, you know, President Trump makes his big uh, speech at, uh, you know, South Dakota, you know, all about freedom and stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, we have these diaper mandates in my area, you know, in an area where we've been in an area of the country, we've been, you know, resisting them for quite some time. But, uh, you know, back in uh, May, again, you know, before the face diaper mandates, you know, I'm uh, going to Trader Joe's and I'm sure you can see where this is going. Um, and, uh, you know, I bought, you know, I bought some booze, you know, I showed the cashier my ID and, uh, you know, that wasn't good enough for her. You know, she wanted me to take it out of the sleeve and I'm like, uh, Wait, you know, I thought we weren't supposed to be touching each other's stuff. And yeah. that's when she just yells at me, you know, out loud, you know, completely non sequitur. You know, I used to work at the DMV. And uh, <laughs> so she I, knows what to look for. I mean, yeah, I had to call the manager over to complete the transaction. But I mean, you know, you don't go to a retail store and expect, you know, someone to yell at you, you know, especially when you're paying them for, you know, their, uh, for their business, you know, services, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if, if I, if I, if I'd been thinking at the time, you know, I would have told her, well, guess what? You know, I've been, uh, I basically been, you know, unemployed for the past, you know, 12 years since I graduated from college, you know, I've, I've had, you know, jobs, you know, here and there, mm-hmm. you know, obviously you know, all low end, all low end service jobs and, uh, retail, you know, done that all before. And, uh, but yeah, I didn't really want to get into it with her. You know, I was, I was in a hurry, you know, I'd, I'd to be someplace else, you know, if I am unemployed. Are you- as far as the other confrontations you're referencing, are they store employees or are they just random people? Uh, store employees. Store okay. Employees. I and heard yeah, a, a story from someone the other day who was confronted by someone um, like another shopper. I, that has not happened to me yet. I have not had like mm-hmm. another shopper in a grocery store mm-hmm. yell at me for uh, my lack of mask compliance. You know, I will say on my trip, uh, things have been so different in every other state. People are serious, especially in Montana. I could not believe. Well, you're talking Missoula, right? No, we stopped in Butte, Billings. Billings was serious? Nobody hassled you in Billings. Who hassled you? Where? Well, we went to a restaurant and they made us put on masks to walk seriously one foot to the bar. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's... Isn't that this, the case in Idaho? Don't, don't they, don't they no, make you uh, put I never on a wear mask, a mask to walk in. through the door and then sit no. before you sit down? Yeah, they do that here. Insanity. And, uh, and yeah. they were like, it's a state mandate. I was like, this is legally enforceable here. And they're like, oh, yeah. People come in in undercover clothes all the time just to check. Uh, maybe health department mm. people, but sheriffs aren't going to bust you for that. kind. Of, it's, it's not legally enforceable in a criminal sense. It's They'll just fine you. Yeah, it, it, the the health department will go after not you, but the restaurant. So that's what sucks is the restaurant probably doesn't give a shit, but they don't want a five hundred dollar fine because of you. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, and then like you know, back in I was talking about what May, so June. Yeah, you know, I don't need to remind you what happened. You know, Memorial Day weekend, but uh, you know, Trader Joe's. You know, I went I went there in June. You know, like a half hour before they close. You know, basically nobody in the flipping store. Um, you know, they don't like, they don't let you take your own shopping bags in nowadays. You know, I've been trained for like the past 10 years to bring my own shopping bags with me, you know, environmentally conscious and all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, nobody, nobody in the store, you know, usually, you know, I walk up to the manager, ask him for some bags. He just, he just tells me to go grab them myself. Um, but you know, again, you know, half hour before they close, nobody really in the store. So, you know, I just went ahead and helped myself. And then, uh, 
you know, an employee uh, takes issue at me with, uh, you know, grabbing my own bags and, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's, uh, not white. So, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's trying to stick at the whitey or what, or what he's doing, but you know, he grabs the bags out of my hands and then he shuffles them back in with, you know, the rest of the bags. And it's like, well, guess what, pal? It's like, I already, if I already got my germs all over them, well, now you, now you, now you're mixing them. Now you're mixing them with the rest of the bags. That's a weird power trip. I've never heard that one before. It's yeah, like I mean, spitting yeah, I, in people's FaceTime, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I again I, I had to I had to, you know, make the Kieran move and uh you know call the manager over again. But I mean I mean, yeah, man, just people are just deranged. And like, you know, Lowe's, you know, Lowe's home improvement. Yeah. I and mean, you know, again, empty store. You know, I walk in there, um, you know, I want to get some keys made and uh I mean just stores just empty empty. Had trouble finding an employee, but eventually, you know, I find I find a guy, you know, like, get get him done, you know, guy replay my own age, you know, he's working on him, you know, minding his own business, you know. And, uh, so I'm waiting there and, uh, you know, you know, elderly guy, you know, 70 years old, you know, I'm also an employee, you know, he's yelling, literally, literally yelling at me from behind my back to maintain social distance. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, uh, excuse me. I'm like, you know, you know, what do you think you're doing? You know, getting, getting up on my face, you know? Yeah. That's and, how uh, this works. And, uh, All right, man. you know, again, we'll, we'll have to wrap okay, it up here. Yeah, Quick yeah. last word if you want it. Yeah, just you know, I had to had to call the manager over for that one too. But uh, yeah, yeah, man, just I'm I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired <laughs> of getting abused at these stores. Yeah, are man, you so um what what state are you in? Are you in Michigan? Um, or you... Uh, well, no, <laughs> I'm I moved out of Michigan. I moved out of Michigan quite a while ago. But okay. uh, I will I will say um I'm on the Atlantic. We're a red state. We voted for Trump. Okay. Um, well, the South presumably must be right there. Yes, were, exactly. Were, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, just uh, yeah. All right. I don't want to really give away. That's kind of surprising, right now, but, but um, all right. Well, Godspeed, sure. man. Merry Christmas. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. You too. See you, dude. Okay. Just fly. I'm having a real Barack Obama moment. <laughs> or uh, Mike um, Pence. Yeah, would, yeah, that's right. Yeah. We were driving through either it was Cheyenne or Casper, and outside of one of those cities, there was a giant billboard that said some. It was like some globo homo thing. I think it said like "Love is love," like a giant billboard. Outside yeah, different uh, interest groups will will buy. What? I mean, you like, can't even hate gay people in Casper, Wyoming. What is this country coming to? <laughs> they really softened up after Matthew Shepard. Let me tell you, they really. <laughs> God. Mountain blondes. I know you can't. You can't even. Uh, you can't even do that anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's up, man? Uh, hey, how's it what's going? On your uh, Merry Christmas, for yourself. Merry Christmas. Yeah, so. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um I just wanted to just uh hear Blonde's reasoning out for why she wanted to tell her children uh if there are any more after this one uh that Santa Claus is real. Wait, why I wanted to tell them that 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 they that Santa Claus is real or why I'm th- I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't. So I think the the last time uh you were you were pressed on this on on the shows. Uh, I think you said that you wanted your children to enjoy the magic of Christmas, and you said that part of that was telling that uh, telling them that Santa Claus or letting them believe in Santa Claus. I guess more of a passive way of doing it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to lie to my kids, but also there it's this magical time in a child's life where they get to believe in this in this fantasy world. I don't I don't know how old you are, but I remember reading Harry Potter and it was like a it was like a whole world. I was a young child. It was like a whole world was created for me. And I just loved engaging in that fantasy and being transported to this whole different world. And I remember Christmas being like that when I was a when I was a young child, when I when I figured out that Santa wasn't real when I was like four. 
Um, I asked my mom and she straight up told me, you know, but I, I remember it being so fun and not a lot of things are fun in life. It just gets less and less fun as you get older. Um, yeah, so right. it would be nice to, to give them that, but I don't want to lie to them. And then I, I hate just the brazen consumerism of Christmas yeah. and that you lose yeah. the religious element too. Sure. Um, yeah. So would you, would you agree that like connecting with uh, their like Catholic heritage and understanding that um, like Christmas is literally a mass of Christ uh, observing the, um, the Lord and Savior coming to earth. Uh, that yeah. That's like, would you, would you, te- would you start telling them about the Christmas story early on? Oh yeah. And at- yeah. Okay. So I think, uh, I think you can do what my parents did. Um, and I think I was probably a little bit more hostile at the beginning because I, I didn't realize you had more of the passive approach. And I, I do, uh, I, I do definitely understand the idea of wanting to, them to enjoy fantasy before they're crushed with the realities of life. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my, my parents basically um, told uh, all the kids in my family that uh, about the Christmas story just from the beginning. And eventually, like you learn about it. And it's not that like, crushing defeat that a lot of kids have when they find out that Santa isn't real when they're like seven. Yeah. Um, it's more just like, like, like you, when you were like three or four, um, you realize that it's about um, the incarnation rather than about uh, some guy in the North pole. Yeah. You definitely have to do both. Um, like I think my niece, she's like two and a half or, or something like that. And then uh, my sister-in-law was just like, so who was born uh, around this time? And she, she was like, baby Jesus. But she still believes in Santa, I think. So I think that I'm going to try to do what they're doing, which is like give the kids a little bit of of each and then just let them realize that there's no way he could go down every chimney. It was the chimneys that, that I figured it out. I was like, this dude's morbidly obese, mom. Does he really come down the chimney? And my mom was like, he's not real. So that was it. Yeah, and are you, are you concerned that your children might have inhibitions about the validity of the Christmas story, like the, the incarnation or whatever you want to call it, like the actual Christmas story. Um, Maybe. If yeah. They find, okay. Yeah. Cause I've, I've heard from, from parents that do have children that that is one of their concerns that um, by not being, by being a little bit fast and loose with the truth, you're um, tending towards letting your children uh, be skeptical of the things you present them with. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it is also a good lesson to learn early on that your parents don't know what the fuck they're talking about because that was the, cr- I mean, the most crushing revelation of my teenage years where that my parents are like as clueless as I was as a teenager. Like, they, they, you know, parents just, they don't know anything. And you just spend your whole life yeah. modeling yourself and your personality after what your parents believe. When you realize they don't know anything, it's like the world around you is crumbling. I think everybody comes to this realization. Skaggs talked about it and his parents are way more well-adjusted than my parents. No, I, well, I wouldn't say that I came to the realization. My parents don't know anything because <laughs> they, my parents have set a great example and I hope that I can have a marriage as successful as, as theirs. No, no, it's I, not that my parents but, don't know anything. It's just yeah. like, I thought they knew everything. You know, I thought that they, well, they yeah, had all the knowledge. They're not you know? perfect beings, but um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, uh, I, I, to the point that you're making, I see that, that if you, sort of set the precedent that you lie to your kids even for a good reason or for a fun reason. Yes. It it makes it more likely they will think that everything you say is crap. It it could mm-hmm. have that effect. I guess I hadn't I hadn't thought of that angle. But when I I don't think that, that it had that effect on me when I 
my parents never told me that Santa was crap. It's just kind of you realize it through the natural mm-hmm. uh, natural growth. Because the story doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but I, I I can't speak for anybody else. But for me, that never made me think, okay, my parents are goddamn dirty liars and I'll never trust <laughs> anything they say again. I don't know. But maybe it could have that effect, I suppose. Hmm. Well, thank yeah, thank was, you for the thoughts, uh, man. Yeah, I would, but I would encourage you to be um, more open if your kids do ask, uh, and um, like not putting up Santa decorations at the same time as manger scenes and stuff like that. I don't know, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty hardline on this. Like, I'm from a sect of Christianity that doesn't. Um, doesn't put up like figures of saints and stuff like that because i'm not catholic mm. so i mean it's it's up to you honestly but um i'm sure you'll i'm sure you'll raise your children well regardless you and your husband i hope so <laughs> i mean we'll Thanks both be kind of done now you're welcome yeah have a good um, night man one Merry last Christmas. thing before i go uh, i'll, I'll have to be real quick um, sure uh if users uh in the audience are on coinbase um, Coinbase has been giving out free altcoins. You can convert those to Bitcoin or into US dollars. Okay. You just well, have to you, take your quiz. Yep. All right. That's it. Have a good night. Okay. We are due for a break. As we were mentioning on Sunday, now today's children will have that critical thinking epiphany and realize Santa's not real because he's in an at risk population and isn't affected by coronavirus. How could this be? Oh, my God. <laughs> this is the it's world we've entered. everything for kids. Yeah, once That's they realize him acting like he's doing something so adorable for kids, I'm gonna kill this guy. <laughs> well, you can look forward to Fauci carrying on in a potential Biden administration. Did you hear it when yeah. Trump when Trump shot down the uh, the the stimulus bill, which was totally unsurprising? And you know, I just uh, it was a Trumpy move. It was kind of out of nowhere. And all right, I guess we're just blowing up this whole thing right now. But he said in the speech. Uh, if they don't uh, work with me on this, the next administration may they'll have to work with the next administration to get it done. And that administration may be me. <laughs> it's what he said. <laughs> so it's just kind of funny, like just the weird trolley language, how he kind of leads you to believe, oh, he's conceding. He's conceding that there will be a next administration shortly. And then it yeah. just kind of comes right back around. And that may be me. The next administration may be me. So we'll see. OK, yeah, we are. Uh, Good on Streamlabs. Okay. Just a couple over um, on DLive. Chubby okay. Stubby says, managed to survive the Rona. Shocking. I know. Here's some support to celebrate. Well, that is good to hear. I'm glad to hear you survived the Rona. And I hope that yeah. you're not contagious at whatever Christmas festivities you may be enjoying. Merry Christmas. And Dave Simmons says, good evening. Good evening to you, sir. Uh, I can see in your avatar you have a fantastic beard. I don't think Blonde can see it, but uh, I'm admiring the beard for you on your behalf. Gay. Yeah. Pretty gay. I appreciate that. Are you good over there? Yeah. Eric Burns March. Think of this as my COVID relief package. If you know any of, of if you know uh, any Naples uh, YouTubers to whom I, I need to get close to whom I can make an even bigger donation, please let me know. Um, Josh and Jesus Blonde, you're a class act. And Matt, I'm fast becoming a fan of you as well. Would love to see one or both of you on Adam Krigler's show. Who is that? Adam Cast IRL. Oh, I didn't know he was. It wasn't he. He. I haven't followed Tim's show very closely, but wasn't he previously of Tim's Tim Pool's show? And now is he yes. doing his own thing? 
Okay, I I don't I have no idea, but um, as always, yeah, I'm I'm open to uh, I, I'm open to uh, going on people's shows if they in, if they invite for sure. I'll have to check it out. I haven't seen his show. Slosher, Merry Christmas to you guys and the community. Your show made 2020 more tolerable. We'll hope for the best in 2021, but I fear things will be getting worse before they get better. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, everybody's like, woohoo, this year's over. It's like, you guys don't know what's coming next year. It what are you very possibly could be the warm-up act. And I, I've been having a lot of serious thoughts about this because I've been asking myself and others with whom I speak, do you think that 2021 is going to be a year of restored sanity where we all realize the excesses that we've allowed to happen and start pulling back, or is the creeping grip of authoritarianism only going to tighten? And if you think it's the latter, that freaks me out because that is a path to violence. It just is. I don't say that with eagerness or anticipation or joy. It just means the more you you try to control people from a centralized authority figure, the quicker that gets, not the quicker, but eventually that gets corrected by uh, violence by violent revolution. Well, how on earth has that not happened yet? Oh, I, 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 if you could talk to me this time last year and explain to me all the things that happened in 2020 and that still we've basically laid down for it, I wouldn't believe the things were tried and I'd be even more disappointed that we accepted it. But here we Just are. Took it in the ass. Everybody took it in the ass. This <laughs> so I'm in, yeah. in an undisclosed location in Colorado everybody's wearing a mask every uh, I'm sure. single person is wearing it's unfucking believable i've long considered colorado to be basically montana but with more illegals and hillary voters that's pretty much what colorado is in my experience no offense i went to through colorado. denver it is the most joyless ugly city hmm. i maybe i've ever been to in this country fucking i've only been there city. for like a couple of weeks but i enjoyed my time there but that was Ugh. five six denver seven years sucks. ago Colorado sucks. Montana, disappointed. But I didn't stop in Bozeman. Yeah, you. Well, if you stop in Butte, Butte is a weird town. Uh, yeah, it's a relic of a long gone Irish Catholic mining tradition, and it's uh, it's had a it's had a rough go. Butte has, and Missoula is just, Missoula is the Portland of Montana. It's not. It's I, not full of I riots. Billings was kind of cute. There, Billings Billings I think is the best value in the state. But Billings is very um, well. If if Montana had an Oakland, it would be Billings. That is to say, it like does. It's and then the whole city smells spot. like um, like a gasoline soaked turd because of the refinery. Uh, it depends. You like you're probably talking like, well, there's an oil refinery out in Laurel, which is like 15 miles out, and then kind of what on is the it east. right downtown in Billings? It's there's nothing downtown, but like the east side of the city, there's a beat. The beet processing plants that smells pretty bad. I don't know. I was down. Yeah. I stayed downtown and like I was like, this city smells like Tacoma, and I don't know why. Downtown Billings has gotten a lot nicer. Uh, Ten years ago, you would have been stabbed by an Indian down there for sure. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, it's gotten Yikes. a lot better. It really has. That's rough. Uh, Tori D says, "No Susan bait for me this week." Merry Christmas to you both, and here's to a better New Year. Thank you so much, Tori. We appreciate it um laurel merry christmas oh what will next christmas be like uh i venture a guess it's going to be shittier that's my guess that's my prediction for 2021 i don't know what's going to happen but this year is going to suck more will it be year. banned by next year will christmas be allowed? No, maybe it's like quasi banned in certain states right now mm. merry christmas uh, 
a Mexican market says blonde came to me today. I I did indeed. <laughs> and the whole market smelled like tripe. Whatever. Uh, Jamie McCormick says, get with the times, guys. $20 and up from now on for you no good money grubbers. Um, inflation is going to be uh, inflation is going to be a damn it. Can't say that. <laughs> yeah, you, you uh, we've gotta talked send, about raising the. You got to send your whole um, your whole your whole Rona Buck stimulus check. Six hundred dollars is going to be the new five dollars very soon. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, the wall behind blonde says, "I admit it, I got butterflies right now." Can you guys tell that I'm in a child's room? There's a lot of lamp <laughs> behind me. Very pretty. Let's just do a few more. Low tech says, um, Bizua's is left liberal. I don't know who that is. Bizua? B I Z U A H. Hmm. Hmm. Last one for right now. Uh, this is from Hoof Hearted. I've done the research and the math. I believe 7421 will bring us a tiny snow ape with my principles. I just hope Matt's no Matt's no stretch marks aren't nearly as pronounced as blondes. Love you too. Merry Christmas. My nose has returned to some semblance of its former glory. It's still not perfect, <laughs> but it's better than it was. That would be aggressive timing, man. This would be like, this would be, I think, would that be under nine months from my wedding? I, I, I Without getting too personal, I can confirm seven, four is too early. That is not going to be happening. That's um, seven months. Well, the wedding was October 17th. So you have a couple months yeah. ahead of time, but that's not even nine months from the wedding really. Uh, or no, it's, it's just over. So I guess assume, yeah, that, 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 uh, regardless, I can tell you that's, that prediction's a little off, but, uh, maybe, maybe in 2021. Did that super chat mean by I don't know. I don't know who that is either. It does say Bazua, B-I-Z-U-A-H. Live chat, can you tell me what, what he's talking about? People are saying that he, he meant Baizao, but that I, I don't think that's what he meant. Okay, uh, we'll circle back. <laughs> There's a super chat from Matthew Shepard. Like, okay. no. <laughs> Sorry about the joke. Even I ain't gay enough for today's psycho left. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, that was a good one. Okay. <laughs> from Beyond the Crave. Well. Okay, let's hop back into the calls. Alex Godai up next. Alex, you there? Looks like he's got his mic muted. We'll let him hang out a second. Sandro up after that. Um, yeah, Alex, you're good to go if you're ready. Oh my word, I'm on. This is so exciting. Um, Hello. Cool. <laughs> um, well... Before I forget, I wanted to wish you a very Merry Christmas and a happy and prosperous 2021. Oh, you as well. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. And I was calling to apologize about a small contribution I might have made to Blonde's complete loss of faith in all mankind. Um, <laughs> oh, don't you worry. Can't, you can't avoid that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it's just that you might remember a time when Blonde was interested in gross medical stories. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah. Always. Yes. Yes. And I once sent you guys an email about a tongue I once had on my tumor, a bleeding tumor. Uh, sorry, a tumor I had on my tongue, sorry. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and I, was, I wanted to be as detailed as possible to make it as gross as possible. And, um, well, it was uh, mostly, I, I, I attached the picture to this email, and mm. then I got a reply from Blonde. <laughs> um, I, I think it was from, from Blonde. It said, ew, gross. 
yeah. I was very confused. I remember. Because, <laughs> yeah, I was very confused because I thought, well, is that a good Eo Gross or is that a bad Eo Gross? Because it was supposed to be gross. And then that yeah. night, that Wednesday night, you, <laughs> Belong had this face like, I have lost all faith in mankind. Oh, no, uh, I, I love faith. a gross medical story. My only rule about it is it cannot involve babies or eyeballs. Other Anything else mm. is fair game. I don't want to see anything stuck in anybody's eyeball. No, absolutely not. And then no dead babies. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, okay, so, and um, and well, you you said, oh, this has gone too far. Um, they're sending they're they're sending me pictures now or something like that, <laughs> and I felt kind of bad. Oh no, it's um, fine. Sorry, really wanted to apologize about that. Um, <laughs> and um, well, as I said, uh, that that's about it. And Merry Christmas. I hope your tongue has recovered. I'm glad oh, it was yeah. a tumor on your tongue and not a tongue on your tumor. That I think that would be worse. <laughs> oh yeah, Thank yeah. Um, third world medicine at least managed to. Uh, heal me. So. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad. Sure. <laughs> Thanks for calling. <laughs> Thank you. Man. Bye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay. Who we got next? Uh, Sandro is up after that. Sandro, you're good to go if you're ready. Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Yes, sir. What's on your mind? All right. Well, um, I thought I would probably have to defend my uh, state from Blonde's uh, tender mercies, but then I realized that it is my state and what state it's in, and I, she's pretty much right. Um, Which shit. state? I've shit oh. on a lot of states tonight. <clears throat> uh, the undisclosed location. Oh. Colorado. Yeah. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Your state sucks. Uh, sorry. Sorry, man. <laughs> it's naturally yeah. beautiful, but the people here are uh, fucking retards. Yeah. No offense. It's, it's, it's Denver. It's Denver. Oh yeah, the entire Denver metro area is just—it's—it's it's, it's like a bastion of California. They all moved out here. Yeah, I don't know what it is, it. but it's also—it's not just the people. It's like I also hate the architecture, and it's situated really strangely within the state, and it just feels like land. It feels like Los Angeles in the mountains. You—you hmm. you gotta get outside of that Front Range area. You know, you get yeah. out of that fifty, maybe a hundred square miles. It's great. You go up into the mountains. But anyway, I can't even get uh, Korean barbecue because of stupid coronavirus. There's no point in even going to Denver. <laughs> there was never any point in going to Denver. <clears throat> um, but anyway, I was going to talk a little bit about kind of what's happening in uh, kind of the criminal justice world. Um, sure. And some of kind of the nasty bombs we're, we're laying out for ourselves in the future. Um, mm. We're... And I, I know my state's doing this. I don't know what other states are doing, but we are just absolutely dumping people out of our prisons, um, just throwing them out the door as fast as they can. Um, very little monitoring, very little case management, parole um, support, and mm -hmm. they're pretty much just, it's free reign. Um, they sent out about 1,200 notices to parolees who had absconded. Um, and basically what that means is people who were serving prison sentences who had reached at least 50% of their prescribed sentence um, and were eligible for parole. And then once they were let out, just bounced. Just, yeah, no, I'm not sure. Oh, shocking. 
Who could yeah. believe? Yeah. What a surprise. What a surprise. Well, that, that happens all the time. What they decided, the state decided this year was because of the important and very crucial uh, necessity of Corona, they were going to send out 1,200 letters to all of these people to their last known addresses and families to say, hey, by the way, uh, if they show up, if they come back, um, we're going to pretend you never absconded. It's all good. You know, okay. we're just going to forgive it all. Yeah, you just get you just get completely excused. Yes, um, it is well, absolutely a wonderful time to be a prisoner or to be a um, or to be under state monitoring, probation, parole, community corrections. All of well, it. that's good news if uh, if the ATF raids me for you know improper gun configurations or something like that. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> or if yeah. I just get uh, you know I go into a restaurant without a mask and they take you to it, jail. Yeah. They take you to jail because of coronavirus and they let you out of jail because of coronavirus. That'll be well, sweet. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Inside baseball, they're not taking jails. They the jails will not accept people right now. Uh, unless even it's a even felony. yeah violent crime but if you just have some weird violent some, some okay violent felony and that's it uh, yeah we okay. uh there was a guy who was out on uh, supervision some gang member he's hooked up with a gps unit beats the shit out of his girlfriend i mean we're, we're talking well mm. past telling her something here um yeah but and- what did she do yeah <laughs> always gotta ask <laughs> you always do was mm. coming but uh, they they tried to revoke his parole, and the jail said, "Yeah, no, we're not taking him." So uh, mm. it's a misdemeanor. Mm. It's cool. Basically, That's terrible. Yeah. He must not have beat her that bad, then. I know. Did he use anything that was wider than his thumb? Is the real question. <laughs> because if he just hit her with a stick a bunch, then I'm fine with him. <laughs> well, but yeah, basically to wrap it all up, we're sure. We are we are setting the seeds that for a lot of criminality, um, and we're just you know we're just pretending it's not doing anything. But you know we're going to see a lot of spikes, and it's not just due yeah. to uh, peaceful protesters; it's actually due to some really nasty people that we're letting out. One of the underrated pieces of shitty journalism on the year was an argument made by some op-ed in the Washington Post that claimed that tried to make a connection between the rise in the year's crime, which is due to the sort of factors that you're describing and the rise in gun sales. They said, Oh look, all (laughs) these guns were sold. Therefore all of these crimes have been committed. And, And to me, the compelling case is the exact opposite that you are letting criminals out on the street and not caring about enforcing the law and not holding people accountable people realize they have no one to protect them. So they start buying guns. They, yeah, they, of course, yeah, they never yeah. connected the newly purchased guns to any crimes. They never did that. They just kind of loosely connected them in theory. And that was good enough. Well, and to confirm what we all know, I mean, I work with some guys who, you know, play in the gang world. Man. They, they do a lot of supervision of these guys. Yeah. If you're, they can get guns. It sure. doesn't matter what kind of watch list is on. They've got guns. Yeah. You know, the, the, the people you don't want, they've got them. So, yeah. And I it's not long until they're 3D else. printing them. It's it's on the horizon, man. They're, yeah. They'll make their own yeah. guns very shortly. Yeah. Yeah. They, these are not stupid people. They can, yeah. they can get what they want. All right. Well, thank you, man. Merry Christmas. Yeah, you guys too. All right. Thanks for calling him. Let's see. Randy Magnum. 
What's up next? Randy, you there? Hello. What's on your mind? Oh, hey. Um, I've called a few times before. I'm surprised I got in tonight. Sure. Thanks for calling. So uh, I just had a question. Um, so uh, in your opinion, you, you feel that, and this is not a gotcha or anything, but you feel mm -hmm. that um, taxes being taken and used for things that we don't necessarily agree with is somewhat, uh, I guess, uh, morally ambiguous. I think at any purely philosophical level, as a matter of principle, taxation is theft. And mm. I understand that it is a necessary evil to achieve some government ends. But um, in, in my view, taxation from the federal government is particularly morally questionable because at least when it's handled at the state level, we have the option to opt out and exercise our consent. If my state taxes too high, I'll move over to Wyoming. Uh, and I have more consent options in that arrangement. Federal government's taxation of income is purely immoral theft as far as I'm concerned. Right. No, I, um, I think that's very well put. Uh, part of my problem with that sort of thing is that uh, you don't necessarily know where the money is going and uh, know that it's being utilized correctly for the things that you think are necessary. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess in an ideal society, if there is such a thing, if if there was a as close to ideal for either of you, is there room for that sort of thing, uh, taxes being taken out? And it, to what degree mm -hmm. uh, is that being used to help people who aren't able necessarily to take care of themselves? Uh, no, I mean, I think that we could function completely on the charity of the very wealthy and that uh, funds would be more appropriately allocated in that situation. I mean, most most organizations used to be charitable back in the day, and we still had programs for the poor. Um, but this is this has gotten totally out of control. I mean, did you see what's in what's in this uh, stimulus bill? This last oh, week? yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's like these people yeah. can suck my balls. I didn't consent to any of this. This is this no. is what my money is going to my money. What about the Sudanese? Like, what about yeah, like that? I give a shit? Yeah. <laughs> OK. Yeah. yeah. That, I know that uh, Stefan Molyneux has a similar opinion that those sorts of things are handled by charities. And I guess mm -hmm. my only hang up on that is that it's not a, a sort of guarantee. And mm -hmm. I know that there are no guarantees in life and you're not necessarily, you're not owed anything. Um, but I guess I would, I would think that in a, a wealthy society or a, uh, a prosperous society, one of the benefits would be that if you are not able to take care of yourself or you're down on your luck, maybe uh, the government would be able to help you get back on your feet, provided that everyone actually wanted to do that. And at some point become self-sufficient. That's true. But I just don't understand this mentality that's behind uh, the belief that you can't trust an individual benefactor, but you can trust the federal government for yeah. a surety. I'm like, well, why? Like, I would trust billionaires across the world more than I would trust our, our federal government. Well, Although they're kind a, of one in the same anymore, right? There's an accountability too on the, on the beneficiary of that charity. If, if mm -hmm. someone has to go to a church group or some other charity to, for, for people who are down on their luck, need a hand up, need some sort of help, you know who the people are who gave you that money and you feel indebted to them and you really feel an obligation to make good on that contribution to you. Just like they sort of have some oversight over you when it's just this, uh, 
nameless, faceless federal government thousands of miles away. You don't know who cut that check. You don't know where it came from. And why would you give a shit about making good on the gift that was given to you? Right. And then nobody knows that you got it either. When you have to humble yourself and get charity from a local church or community and everybody knows about it, you fucking use it for the right thing. You turn your life around, you figure it out, and then you give back to that community that helped you out. Now you can just collect a welfare check. Nobody knows that you got it. And it's not, and it doesn't really matter. You know, it's, it's, it's just an accountability thing. I I don't say this with any disdain for people who are down on their luck. It happens to the best of people. You you have a bad, uh, Eh. it it happens. It absolutely happens to good people where you're down on your luck. But the majority of this is due to poor life decisions, maybe not in coronavirus times. That's out of everybody's control, but, uh, typically like, yeah, I would say 10 to 20% of people that are typical welfare recipients are actually down on their luck and want to do something to get out of it. But a lot of it is, you know, I banged the wrong dude and <laughs> like bet on the wrong horse. I yeah. developed an addiction, things like that. It's like, well, some of these are lifestyle choices. Sure. Um, and I, and yeah. I think the people who are contributing to help should have the benefit of evaluating those conditions. You know, I, I want to help mm-hmm. good people who are down on their luck. I especially want to help them if they're my neighbors or if I'm improving my immediate community here in Bozeman, Montana, exactly. by doing it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then I have some sort of uh, interest too. But, you know, I, I don't have any interest in sending money to help San Francisco lifestyle hobos shoot up. You know, the, yeah, right, I, I have real. no interest in that whatsoever. Right. I guess in, in uh, yeah, because that is the, the double benefit of... The, being able to know the people that your money is going to and seeing the effect in real time. Yeah. Um, but do you think that the country is too large for that sort the the amount of taxes that get taken out federally? Do you think that is just impractical to maintain a certain level of trust or uh, that? Oh, it'll never happen through the federal the right government. Thing? No, no, no way. Okay. Not going to yeah. happen. Yeah. Would you, um, we'll have to let you go, but do, do you have, would, would you see a federal role in this sort of thing? Would you want the federal government involved or, or what's, what sort of uh, system would you like to see? Oh no, I'd, I'd like it to be kept more local. I think mm-hmm. uh, locally you should have more control over that sort of thing. And uh, at least uh, the, your neighbors or the people you know that you're taking care of. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you for the thoughts, man. Yeah. Thanks and Merry for, Christmas. Uh, talking. Yeah. Merry Christmas. It flies out smart to me. <laughs> it's really giving you a hard time. It's just, it's driving me fucking crazy. I can't, <laughs> I cannot take it anymore. What else? You there? Oh, oh, hello. Yo. What's on your mind? Oh, I just wanted to say first, I'm super nervous. So I'm sorry if I act weird. Pressure's on, man. No, I, I, I get you. <laughs> we, you're not the first person to say that. So uh, don't worry. Okay. Um. Well, I just wanted to, first, I wanted to try just like a little thought experiment. Sure. I wanted to. All right. Uh, I wanted to try to sell you guys on monarchy. Oh, okay. You don't have to sell me. <laughs> and actually, you may Sky. be surprised to learn that I'm more warm than you think, depending on how you structure it. So make the pitch. Okay. First, uh, okay. First, I wanted to know your guys's preferred um, uh, government, like your preferred, uh, you know. Uh, I suppose you could you could characterize mine as something uh, under the title of um, minarchist or just what I mean is government has one purpose that is to secure and defend your natural rights. It needs to do that okay. job and almost nothing else. That right, that's okay. my general. So view. sort of like what the founding fathers had in mind. Yeah. 
Benevolent okay. monarchy. I've, I've lost faith in constitutional republics, so, yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. All right. Well, I guess this is more uh, directed towards Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, if uh, minarchism was what the founders had in mind and we ended up with what we have anyways, with like mm-hmm. super centralized, uh, a super centralized government where all the power is, uh, you know, centralized. Um, what makes you think that it'll work if you try again? Well, I would say, what is the ideal that has ever been achieved without any sort of problem or fail? I, I think that the system that was designed is uh, philosophically sound. I think that it has been perverted by people who don't have loyalty to that system. And I think that if you had um, if you had a monarchy that was based on um, heredity or something like that, uh, that there's nothing. I guess I'd, I I would respond to your question with a question. What would be the feature of a monarchy that prevents that same sort of corruption other than, I don't know, uh, swinging the sword at the sources of corruption, which, <laughs> as we've talked about on this show, we need some enforcement mechanisms against the disloyal. All right. So, mm. uh, you know. Heads on the, pikes, huh? Well, um, maybe just let's just chop some fingertips to start. Okay. How about, Oh, I don't think that that's severe (laughs) enough. We're talking about enforcement here. All right. But, but, um, no, I, I guess what I would say is I don't think that there is a a system that is perfectly immune to corruption. Do you, do you think Mm -hmm. that there is? No, no, no. But that's exactly my point that, uh, every single, uh, country or every single person that's tried to sort of create a system like an ideal system you know like mm-hmm. lenin's uh communism in russia or pol pot or mao uh have always ended up with super centralized governments and that's just the way that uh power works right so power uh, tends to concentrate yeah i mean we have yeah, a lot of safeguards exactly. against it but but it is a, it is a force of nature that uh maybe you can only slow rather than prevent altogether exactly uh so Basically, what uh, the case for monarchy is, is that the power is already super centralized. Mm. So, and, uh, and uh, there was this thing that uh, Michel Foucault had termed the shade, where sort of in our governments, uh, the, the people in power are ubiquitous, right? So they're ever present and they're always controlling our lives. Mm-hmm. But under a monarchy, uh, there was this thing called a shade. Or sometimes, you know, the king would uh, walk through your village and sometimes he'd like mess with you. Uh, The power was gone and he was just, you know, you were left alone. Basically, the case for monarchy is just that uh, all the power is super centralized. So the regular people didn't don't have to really care about politics. They can just live their lives and all of that stuff would um, naturally just be the king's responsibility. Um, uh, well, I, I guess uh, the argument, I'm not sure I understand the argument, by the way. Yeah. Well, how, how else would you select the King? What would you propose? Um, sort of like a, uh, uh, um, like shareholders, right? Like how shareholders work. So you want, well, you're, you're basically talking about a vote of people with uh, skin in the game, vote of people with, with a stake. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, I like it. I, 
I guess I'm confused by the argument because if, if you're saying that the centralization of, are you saying the centralization of power is a problem or, or is it okay in certain circumstances? It is a problem and uh, it is a problem and it's also um, inevitable. Okay, so but best, well, well, if I it's a the problem, then why would we just escalate it to its final form of the ultimate centralization? Because the best solution to like uh, the best solution to that is that uh, uh, the people don't have to care about politics and they just don't really have to care about hmm. um, just like anything. And it just naturally centralizes to the king. He takes care of everything. It's his responsibility and he's beholden to the shareholders, basically. As, uh, what I would say in response to this is, um, and I've said it before, it, if the function of the government is to secure and defend the rights of the people, how we select the leaders is of less significance to me. That said, um, if there is such a thing as a king who does that with perfect execution, uh, great. I, I just don't think such a human being exists as a, as a single person. So I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put that sort of power in any one person, no matter what, because any some people make less fewer mistakes than others, but uh, we all make we all make mistakes in the end. So I, I would decentralize that that uh, power at least a little bit among a group or something like that, rather than one guy. But if you're talking about government's function defending natural rights, um, that's more important to me than picking people by a democratic election who violate your rights. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, I was just thinking in terms of not less of a king, but more like a CEO, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sort of like that. So it, the the king can be removed by. I mean, yes. this is that is democratic in a sense. Yeah, it's just yeah. not maybe not everyone has a vote. Uh. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Basically. Well, all kings can be pulled from their bed and beheaded. <laughs> that's true isn't that democracy too yeah all right well thank you for the thoughts man i enjoy these types of uh philosophical mm-hmm. topics so much appreciated yeah, no problem all right we'll have a great night and merry yeah, christmas no yeah you too okay we are due for another break uh good on d live thank you guys for hanging out over there Let's just do like three of these right now. Uh, Low Tech okay. says, here's another 10 for Clam Jam and Dad Spot. What? <laughs> I don't know that one either. Am I retarded? Uh, Peter R says, the juxtaposition of Matt deep in thought as he contemplates the first question of the night while Blonde is inadvertently moving her phallus-like microphone in and around her mouth. We have the same microphone. It's just, it's the way that this one was set up. It's just like this elongated angle. That just makes it hilarious. You're really missing out if you didn't catch the video of this nope. stream. No, you're not. Uh, Matthew Riley. <laughs> uh, it's the day before Christmas Eve. I'm on my 12th hour of work with no end in sight. Just had to tell my mother I can't make it to Christmas. Mm. Can we start a civil war so I can quit this damn job? I'm sorry to hear it. But thank you for gracing us with your hard-earned money. We really appreciate it. It keeps the project alive. Um, and I'm Christmas, sorry, man. man. Yeah. It sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. All the best uh, okay, to we'll circle and back your family as well. Uh, just a couple on Streamlabs and we'll hop back into calls. Let's see. Phil says, in a recent Zoom call with some black leaders, Biden flat out said that the country is doomed because the white population is going to be a minority within decades. Is Biden secretly based or are his drugs just running out? I did listen to that Zoom call. and uh, Wait, what did he say? 
So he said, this is um, like a paraphrasing, but I, I believe it to be accurate because I remember this part. He said, he flat out said that the country is doomed because I think so the, what Phil wrote was the uh, Biden said that the country is doomed because the white population is going to be a minority within decades. I think what he meant was the white population is doomed as opposed to the country is doomed. He said something along those lines, though. I remember it. And uh, well, that's a Freudian slip. This uh, <laughs> to the point that he's making, maybe Biden doesn't have a uh, super high opinion of um of the uh, the black demographic he claims to respect so much that he tells them if they don't vote for you, then you ain't black, that sort of thing. In this Zoom call, he's talking to all these civil rights leaders. And it's like Al Sharpton and the gang, basically. And one of them dares question Joe like an hour in. And Joe just rants for like a half hour about how he's the greatest pro-black president of all time. And he's done so much for the black people and you guys need to be thankful. I mean, this goes on and on and on. It's just nonsense old man rambling about how all the black people need to get in line for Joe Biden. And they're all just oh sitting God. there and taking it. And it's like, yeah, you guys, you guys. This is voted what you voted for, for. Yeah. Oh my God. I hope he gets drunk and says the N word. <laughs> They'll Wouldn't explain that so it away funny? somehow. They, they would still say it's fine. They, you're right. Raggle right, Fraggle. Would, yeah says uh, Merry Christmas Matt and Blonde. I like this idea of making an argument for an opposing point of view. So uh Matt, what's your argument for property tax? Well, Merry Christmas, man. An argument for property tax. I mean, to me, property tax is maybe one of is arguably the the most unjust form of taxation. You have to keep paying the state for property that's already yours. Already around yours, here yeah. Around here, property values have increased so much that people who have had large acre ranches or farms or people who have a trailer even are being priced out of their own property because they can't afford to pay the state because their property values have increased so much and all the damn Californians moving in vote to increase property taxes on a yearly basis. It's like a death tax. It's it's just preposterous yeah. to me that you even have to pay it. Uh, what would be my argument for it? I, I, I guess I'd have to take the leftist uh, point that... Um, well, if you're a property owner, that means that you've done well for yourself and you need to pay for the schools and all the things in the community and people should be able to vote for, to, take from, to take from you just because you have property in the air. That's the best I can do is that property demonstrates some wealth that you should share with the community, which is not something that I agree with at all. But what, what's even more insulting about it is why would you punish the people who have actually put money and investment into your community. These are the people yeah. who have put their skin in the game of your community and you're going to punish them for that. They're the ones who actually bear the burden of the community falling apart and turning into a shithole. Why would you yeah. make it harder for them? I don't know. The, the, um, the, the tax while we're on this tax topics, like we're talking about, um, we're talking about federal government's taxation and now property tax taxation that I'm most warm to. If I had to have it would be sales tax because at mm -hmm. least I have there's some, voluntary. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. An I element some, of volunteerism to it. some choice in whether I consume the product and in a community like ours, we have so many people coming through this state to go to Yellowstone or to go skiing or whatever. We have a very like touristy economy here. By and large, except for select few resort communities, those people are not paying taxes to build Montana infrastructure at all, really. Mm -hmm. And we, we should be able to collect from them while minimizing the burden on our own citizens 
and still produce the sort of um, public infrastructure that we need. But we don't, right. we don't, um, we don't do that here. We don't have sales tax. We, except for resort communities, we only have income tax in this state. Which uh, backwards, yeah. backwards. <laughs> Why Montana would you do that? A, a few weird things about it, and we're one of the few states that taxes social security benefits. So this is a, this is a predicament for my parents because my parents are about to retire. Their social security benefits, which they've paid into their whole lives, once they receive start receiving those checks, they owe the state of Montana a cut of those checks, which That's is just horseshit. insane. You've already paid it. Yeah. We're one of a few states that does that. So maybe my parents move across the border to Wyoming sometimes. I hope they do. Except that state sucks even worse than Montana. Wyoming is a whole lot of nothing, but that's why I like it. So much nothing. But see, you went down the interstate. Do you Indians really need this much land? (laughs) Cody is really cool. I love Jackson. Oh, yeah. Everybody loves Jackson. But it's full of San Francisco hippies, so I can't live there. And it's too expensive anyway. But okay, uh, let's hop back into calls. I Raggle, if you um if you want to take your own challenge and email me uh, an argument for property tax, send it my way or DM me. Right, some arguments um, can't be steel manned. What, do, would you take a different angle if you had to make the best argument for it that you could? No, that's it's fucking it's absurd theft. Uh, it's incomprehensible. No, I, I understand why they do it, but it's indefensible. Hmm. <laughs> totally indefensible. So is income tax. Yeah, what's up? What do you guys have in Idaho? Do you guys have what's your tax structure? Um, income and sales. Oh, so you do have in you have both. Yeah. Okay. Canomo is up next, but uh, Canomo, I don't see you. So hop in one of the waiting rooms. I can grab you, or perhaps we'll have to catch you next time. I was told how to pronounce this last time, and I already forgot. Jokael, go with that. <laughs> Remind me how to pronounce this one. No, just think of it as a J O K E L, Joe Kel. That's it. Okay, Joe Kel. I'll re- I'll just remember to remove the A. I'm committing that to memory. I only had to make it that way because the way I wanted to spell it was taken way back in 1999. Uh, I assume not on Discord. It must have been something else. Yeah, Yahoo of all places, so I could <laughs> okay. play chess. Yeah. All right. Well, what's on your mind, man? Um, so I was just curious, you know, last time we spoke, uh, we brought this interesting point up about segregating and everything else, uh, you know, or finding communities with Mm -hmm. which, you know, you, you have like ideas. Mm -hmm. So I think something I think is interesting is what do we do about the people that don't care as much about the politics as deeply as us and everybody else? Man, if and, you're still a normie these days, like politically like, apathetic, I, I know they, I know they're out there. And to your point, they're probably most people actually, you're probably I, right. I'm so having I, less and less sympathy for these people though. Yeah. But I, now I think my second part question to this is, do you think this is actually the consequence of, uh, overreaching capitalism? Ooh, uh, how so? Explain to me your theory. Just that uh, because everything is so convenient and easy to do mm. that there's not as much concern about everything else going on. If You know what? Yeah, well. And, yeah, and, totally. And that our lives are so, yeah, our lives are so easy and secure. There's a, there's a comfort there to think, well, that, that, that crazy civil war shit just can't happen anyway. That just won't happen. 
Yeah. And in terms of capitalism, um, it's really cutthroat. It doesn't really give a shit about a cohesive, cohesive uh, culture or cultural values or maintaining cultural integrity. I mean, capitalism doesn't care about any of this. And so I used to be such a cutthroat capitalist, but since I started really caring about our society, I'm like, is this really truly the best structure to maintain social order? I, I don't think so. Um, I mean, it wants people to get divorced, doesn't it? Then you have two fridges to buy, two TVs to buy. It doesn't care about the nuclear family. It's just, well, I don't know. I, I, the, the, the pushback, I would say, is that every everybody in a capitalist system, the, found, the foundation is voluntary consent in transactions. So if you, if you don't... That's true, too. If you view that the, the transaction, if you think the transaction has moral implications, you don't want to sell to this person for this reason, or you don't want to market in this way for that reason... It's not, let me put it this way. It's not mutually exclusive with morality, but among those who lack morals, it suffers those excesses. Like the the people have to have a moral structure first. And I think we're kind of seeing the consequences of a people who don't. Uh, No, you can really get ahead if you don't have moral scruples in a capitalistic society. Yeah, get ahead as in, as in, yeah, make, make the money as opposed to, yeah, yeah, live a moral life. Right. Yeah. Right. I just wonder uh, if there's a way to go back, like not maybe not backwards is the the right way, but just just to kind of strip a little bit away of the convenience and ease, so that people have more important things to focus on instead of just you know, am I going to vacuum or swiffer the floor today? Because I have both options, and if it's no good, I'll throw this vacuum in the trash anyway in a month. Well, isn't that what's happening right now? I mean, we're being catapulted into a more difficult structure and a more difficult uh, t- to cope with society because of coronavirus. I mean, the hard times are coming. It's just the natural order of things. Should we create them? <laughs> to, should we yeah. create them to make le- you know people harder people, less soft people? I just, I maybe, right. maybe, maybe disposable. I just wish everything was also not so easily disposable at the mm. same time. And that seems yeah. to be another consequence of the ease part. If it breaks, I'll just buy a new one because it's cheap and I can get it at, God. you know, X store. That's the thing that drives me nuts is there, there's nobody, there are no humans in history that lived easier lives than we do. And really our only, our only piece of that bargain is to just appreciate it and have some perspective about it. And we can't fucking do it. Like we have to, yeah. we have to bitch and we have to invent problems and we have to act like we are part of some struggle of historical proportions or something. No, you just have to make good on the opportunity that's been presented to you and understand the struggles that yeah. past generations went through to create it, but we can't do it. Yeah. Uh, sorry. The fly is taking over the show. No, that's okay. I, uh, I feel pretty good about where this is going and I think I'll end it here. If I may just have a quick last word. Sure. Go ahead. Uh, Thank you guys for accepting me for my second time and third attempt. And I hope I was a little more fluent than the last time I was quite nervous being. Oh, Oh, no worries. And first on, it was like, wild. I was geeking out. (laughs) People get so harsh on themselves, man. Like, uh, I, I appreciate it. Thank you for calling into the show. But yeah, it, it's it's funny. People get so hard on themselves for for their performance or something. You know, it's just just uh, 
you know, don't, don't, don't beat yourself up if you call into this show, but we talked um, to so many people that I'd never mentally log anybody's call, no matter how fair, extraordinary. Fair so, <laughs> but yeah, we, we appreciate it, man. And, um, and, and thank you for calling in. And I can tell you it, when you're someone who's not used to like being on a stream or talking into a mic and I don't know, maybe did you go back and listen to yourself the last time? Did you do that or did you not? No, I actually didn't. And I, yeah. I do plan to do that now because yeah. I know there's a delay and I've got my TV on and muted, but uh, I, I do have experience in debate. I just didn't formulate my thoughts oh, sure. good enough to, to travel okay, so through the first time probably, I was on. You've probably listened to yourself then that that's like a weird trip for people who aren't used oh, to it. Oh yes. Yeah. To listen oh, to yeah. your own voice and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I just want to make sure I come across a little more clearly than last time. No, you're you're all good, man. Thank you for calling in and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for the safety space. Thank you. Thank you. Meadily. Oh, my husband's texting me. He's having a hard time with the baby. I might have to go feed her. If only we put that much respect into this stream. I know, right? <laughs> It's like we're balancing microphones on beds and shit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to feed my baby. My husband just texted me. Okay. Do you need to step out now? Yeah. If okay. that's okay. Or I can, it probably yeah, would be can, better for me to do it now. than. Um, yeah. What about these questions? Do you think you can come back for the questions? Or? Oh yeah. I'll be back in. Time. Oh, okay. All right. I'll keep taking calls and then I'll hop into chat and we'll come back for the, uh, we'll take the questions when you're uh, all set. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Immediately, you're good to go if you're ready. Let him hang out a second. Elo call is up after that. Or Elo cut. Sorry. Elo cut, you're good to go if you're ready. Elo cut, you there? Ooh, our female demographic is represented. Excellent. <laughs> Oh, hold on, hold on. I had you muted. My mistake. Let me get that fixed. Hello. All right. Um, immediately hang out just for a second and I'll get right to you, okay? All right. Okay, Elo Cut, you're good to go. Sorry, I had you muted on the stream, but now you should be good. Yeah, I'm coming from uh, Communist Canada, where we're going into lockdowns again. Oh, my God. Is it um, How does it work there? Do, do you guys do it by province or by locality, or is it just something the federal government does? Oh, well, it was by kind of like your region. Yeah. But they've just decided that Boxing Day, the entire province is going to be locked down. That's it doesn't right. matter how many cases in your area. You could oh have been green God. before. You're now in gray lockdown. So what does that mean? What things are shut down? Uh, you can't eat inside a restaurant. <laughs> okay. Um, stores that don't sell essential goods like food or pharmaceuticals i guess are closed do people but get I'm around sure that here we had places that. yeah they just sell some cliff bars and some vitamin waters and suddenly they're essential i mean if walmart's open they're not just selling food they're selling everything in the store yeah so yeah exactly yeah so what um, so, why, what was the reasoning behind them escalating the lockdown is canada experiencing a surge of cases or something supposedly um, the Toronto area, like of like Toronto's like the massive epicenter in our province, so they're just like getting all kinds of influx of cases there. So because of that, they're like, oh, we don't want people traveling. 
but like people travel all across southern ontario who work in toronto so they're just yeah. like every day they go to work it happens so yeah. like the logic was behind like closing everything down especially like my parents live in northern ontario which is like no cases like barely anybody there has yeah. come into contact with corona so they so treat northern like, ontario the same as say toronto well for this lockdown they are oh like, my they're god gonna, the Nor- northern ontario will be open sooner but they still are forced to lock down after boxing day even though there are no cases okay why did they pick um that so that in that is the day after Christmas, correct? Yeah. They just picked that why? Because it's post holiday, or what was the reason to pick that day a few days ahead of time? Uh not sure. There doesn't seem to be a logic at all to it, other than okay. I guess people meet up for Christmas and then you'll lock them down. Okay. Oh, so it's just you know. assume that it's gonna spread at Christmas and then everyone needs to stay home after that. Yeah, like schools okay. are shut down in southern Ontario until the end of January now. Mm, no good. return to in classes for high school. So what's and then, um, like elementary goes back halfway through or something. Here in America, we seem to lay down for this at every step. Are Canadians just too polite for this or are they into it? Do they buy into this stuff or are they just going along with it? Uh, some people are just like totally into it. Hmm. They I like people at work were talking about like the fines for having a party. Yeah. Like if you own the property, I believe it's $10,000 and then everyone who's there gets charged an $800 fine. What's the definition of a party? Have they given numbers? Well, right now you're not allowed to have any visitors in when you go to gray lockdown, you're not allowed any visitors in your home. So if grandma and grandpa come over for Christmas or you go visit grandma, that's illegal or a, a violation of their orders. Basically. Depends okay. how good your neighbors are, I guess. <laughs> Imagine being the sort of neighbor who calls a snitch line because your your neighbors are opening presents or having Christmas dinner. Imagine being that person. Right. They're out there. Like next level a-hole. <laughs> yeah, they're out there. Did you, Um, I'll talk about it on Sunday, but uh, I, I don't follow a ton of Canadian news, but I did have several Canadian listeners send me this clip of a guy playing hockey in Calgary on an outdoor ice rink. Did you see that one? I haven't seen the video, but I heard they like threatened to tase the guy. Yeah. The, well, for, we'll play it. For like we'll play skating. It. Yeah. We'll play it on Sunday. And it's hilarious because yeah, they bust him for, so you can skate solo on the outdoor ice. That's fine. But he was busted because he was playing hockey with a group on the ice. And I'm not clear why they picked him out of the group, but the secondary funny factor is they they sent a chick cop after him to try to take him down. So she's like trying to beat the shit out of him. He's screaming at him. And she's this tiny woman and he's like a big dude hockey player. It was just hilarious. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, they actually closed down a family who had an outdoor rink here. They closed down the rink. They said they couldn't have it open. Oh, like God. we just built this for ourselves to use. Oh my God. So, oh, it's not even an open for public thing. It's not even a business. Uh, no, like just like a local like family on their yard. They made a <laughs> ice rink like they built the rink. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were told, no, you got to shut it down. Wow. All right. Well, OK. Any any final thoughts for me before we let you go? Uh Oh, just the government can screw off because <laughs> I'm going to go visit my family for Christmas. And well, I that's, hope you all do, too. 
that's the attitude. We just we just have to start saying no. That's the only way this is ever going to end. The fool, the foolishness of the bargain was thinking that um, that if we're just good little boys and girls, they'll give us our freedoms back sooner rather than later. No, they don't want to. They never will. Oh no, they'll keep moving the goalpost. Yeah. Well, thank you for uh, calling in and Merry Christmas. You too. Have a good one. You as well. Okay, Meadily. Let's see if we can get him back. Meadily, you there? Give you a second. Mustache Asian up after that. Oh, wait, I think I have Meadily's volume all the way down. Sorry, sorry. There you go. Meadily, you there? Oh, sorry about that, man. I'm such a fucking boomer with all this shit. (laughs) Discord is uh, not exactly user friendly. Trust me, it gets me. uh, I've been using it for years and it still gets me every now and then. Yeah, I, you know, I, I have to give full props to Dangerous Spaces because he's been really helping me out w- with my boomerang on this. Um, oh, sweet. Yeah, he's, platform, so. we appreciate his uh, his help for sure. He's been um, very helpful to people who are trying to figure out uh, how to how to call in for the first time and that sort of thing. Okay, cool. Anyway, I'll try to uh, make it quick here. But uh, before, uh, I had given you a super chat earlier in a few shows before where you'd ask, mm-hmm why I had quit the Daily Wire or why I'd unsubscribe. Oh, yeah, that was I remember the chat. Yeah. Anyway, um, basically, it's dude, it sucks because I, I used to be a big fan of Daily Wire. Listen to uh, Ben Shapiro and Andrew Clayman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought he was like really smart. And he always had these great points. And then I realized after a while, like he had this great opportunity to really push like votes, you know, like towards the conservatives and really sort of help Trump get reelected but he whizzed the opportunity right down his fucking leg. Um, he, he being Ben or he being who? Ben. Yeah, okay. yeah, Ben. Ben specifically. I know that Clavin and, and Knowles would try to defend Trump a little bit more than Ben. But yeah, Ben, yeah. Would, he would always harp on Trump about doing just the most mundane milk toast like bullshit. You know, like <laughs> Trump, obviously, you know, he's boastful. He says stupid stuff. But Instead of saying, yeah, it's Trump, uh, it's Trump gang, you know, it's Trump, he says that kind of stuff gang. <laughs> Instead of saying that, he would say, it's really bad gang, it's really, really, really bad, and this is why it's really bad. And then he would keep <laughs> going on, and he would just not ever you know, give up on it. And see, the thing is, though, is... It's, it's amazing that, how everyone has a great Ben Shapiro impression. I just got to say that real quick, but sorry. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. No, but it's just, it's... uh. <sighs> The thing is, is he's always playing defense on every single fucking, every single angle, every single story. He's like, okay, gang, this is what the media is saying about us, gang. And then, and then, he, and then basically, he would just say, this is why it's not true, and this is why this is not true, and this is why it's not true. And instead of going on defense, like Alex Jones would just right out say, Michelle Obama's got a dick. You know what I mean? <laughs> what? One of the many things Alex was right about, by the way. Exactly. You know, yeah, exactly. If he was Trump, he'd be like, Ted Cruz. His father killed JFK. I mean, even if it was completely untrue, he would just fucking say it. Yeah, he would go on the attack all the goddamn time. Blonde and is, Blonde is back won. now, by the way. Perfect timing oh, because hello, uh, our mm-hmm. friend Meadily here is shitting on Ben Shapiro, so you came in. Just, oh, excellent! Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, that's why why Trump won the primaries because he beat the shit out of everybody on stage. He went on attack. He didn't t- play defense to get. Oh, you know what? Okay. You know, I'm sorry I said that. It was very nice. I'm going to apologize and be a pussy. He didn't do that, yeah. which is why he, you know, and, and like Jeb Bush and even Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, all these people are too goddamn weak to be 
a, a presidential yeah. candidate. They're, they're just, it's not going to happen. And you know what? And even if they did, even if they did win the primary, I wouldn't. I wouldn't support them. I don't want another milk toast, pussy ass, limp wristed conservative mm. presidential candidate. I I don't want that. I want a bully. I want somebody who's gonna tell Kamala Harris that she only got the job because she gave BJ's. You know, and I I, I want <laughs> you know I, 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 I want I want him to ask Joe Biden, Joe, when are you gonna kill over? Seriously, you are yeah. like hundred and eighty years old. I just I, I love it when he attacks people like that. Yeah. I love the non sequiturs. I love the insults. I love just the just you know, the strangling around the neck. Well, I think you're exactly gets. right that <laughs> <laughs> that Republicans would be fools not to follow Trump's model for how to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they go back, if they think they can just revert to, uh, you know, some Marco Rubio, Mitt Romney candidate, it, it's never going to happen. So they, they, they shouldn't, they obviously shouldn't do that. If I think, um, you know, it'd be great. I wish I could get someone with a, like, a, I wish I could m- mold together Ted Cruz or maybe Rand Paul and Trump, like someone yeah. who can really articulate the points with Trump's kind of meanness. zingers or meanness yeah. or just. The, the sort of offensive capability that you're talking about would be like he's a, got the really, longest, really... thinnest neck I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy Pelosi, her neck looks like a used condom. Before, I don't know what is up with that. It before looks we let like you a, go, who put a shrunken head on a big condom? Okay, it really does. before we let you go, um, uh, so obviously you, you have your disputes with Ben. Um, why wasn't it enough with the other guys at the Daily Wire? Cause that, that's the one thing that I would say too, is I, I think overall they, they all do a great job and there's a, there's a, a pretty wide range of perspective and styles among those guys. So why weren't the other guys enough to save you, uh, from or Be- save your subscription? Because um, Knowles can be really boring. He, he's, he's really, really, he can be extremely boring. He can be funny. But he's mostly boring. Clavin, he's actually cutting down. He said, "I listened to his podcast last, and he said he's going to do it like once a week." And it's like, oh, oh fuck really? that! If, if if yeah, if it's just Shapiro for you know for three hours a day with him, just you know, hey Birch Gang, Birch Gold Gang, hey gang. I mean, I just I I I I don't want to do that. I just I I can't do it. I can't do that anymore. I can't I can't yeah. listen to his grifting. Um, he he, yeah. he he always comes up with some horrible like horrible event that he needs to cover. Okay, gang, this is really bad. I need to cover this immediately. But first. A word, a word from Birch Gold and Macmillan <laughs> Underwear. It's just like, you know, if it's that important, you know, you, you don't have to cut this. You don't have to grift right now. Can you wait a couple minutes? <sighs> yeah. All right. But anyway, yeah. one, one, one small compliment. I just want to say uh, you guys do a consistently great job every single week. Uh, oh, you, are the only, you are literally the only podcast or the, the only YouTuber that consistently puts out stuff every single week in this in a certain format and it's very consistent um and uh you know like other people like i used to listen to sargon but he just he was so goddamn lazy and he would put out a video like once every four weeks and he would make these references to something that you have no idea what the hell he's talking about you explain the references for people that don't you know that don't listen every single five seconds and you know what i we appreciate that i don't know if anybody else said that but we do appreciate that um I appreciate that very much. Thank you. And those are all great names to be mentioned among. So that is appreciated too. I, I will say uh, Sargon's new project over at the Lotus Eaters, I think is fantastic. Then uh, they're, they're putting out a ton of content. I don't know if you've seen it, but they're, they're working really hard on the Lotus, Lotus Eaters project. I have not. I have oh, it's, not, it's no. if you, if you're willing to give, if, if Sargon hasn't 
made you too mad, check out his Lotus Eater stuff because that podcast. No, no, it's um yeah they're they're doing really good work and uh, I think they're I think what they put together is pretty fantastic over okay. there. I've been tuning right. in. No, he just had a baby. Oh, yep. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, he blonde and uh, he blonde. You you need to check out Salty Cracker. You would love him. I've he heard is fucking, this before. He is fucking vicious. He is vicious. He's like basically like Trump without a filter, and he is hilarious. Really? He is really mm. goddamn funny. Yeah, he, he's he's really he can go for hours just ranting. You know, um, and yeah, he's very, very entertaining. I think, I think you would love him. Mm. Well, thank you, man. Thank you for the impressions. Appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) Have a good night. All right. Let's, uh, let's take one more before we hop into, uh, emails. We'll give our friend mustache Asian last call tonight. Mustache Asian. You're good to go. If you're ready. Oh, hold on. Let me turn it off. Yeah. So probably can, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yeah, so yeah, probably can top the uh, previous guy's act, but yeah, so, but <laughs> well, he, Merry he, Christmas. He, it was a good hit with the Ben, and then he just kept going, and I thought, well, you know, he can actually do a lot of people pretty well. Not not bad. He did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah. Nancy definitely. Pelosi's head does look like a shrunken head on a condom neck. That's good. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, Merry Christmas from ATF that they actually pull back their assault for now. Um, on the on is there news? Place. Did I miss something? Yeah, what just, happened? Like just a few hours, like a two hours ago. Okay, they actually relented. Um, pulled, like well, backed off that attack. Um, pistol raises. But oh, they're, they're not still, okay. Did they retract yeah. the letter or what did they do? I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly. I just saw the headlines from all the gun channels who follow yeah. these, like who who, who are like, they you know, withdrew it. And, you're right. Yeah, this, really? this headline from the NRA, who of course did yeah. jack shit in pushing back against this. Yeah. On December 23rd, ATF posted. Okay, so they posted this letter that we've talked about: objective factors for classifying weapons with stabilizing braces. Um, and on December 23rd, it's withdrawn. The withdrawn notice indicates, quote, upon further consultation with the Department of Justice and the Office of the Attorney General, ATF is withdrawing. Pending, well, pending further Department of Justice review, the notice and request for comments entitled Objective Stabilizing Braces Letter that was published on December 18th. So uh, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I hadn't seen it. That's great news. Yeah, yeah. I just saw it uh, too, like when you guys were just starting the uh, the show. And, yeah. uh, and and I just saw that, like, you know, Guns and, guns and Gadgets and you know, Mr. Guns and Gear. Yeah. All, like, you know, yeah. But then it's like, yeah, it's not over. Because Biden, if Biden comes in, it's gonna they're gonna ramp that up again. You know? Yeah, Since we are still around. But yeah, I don't know if you heard the uh, the news where one ATF agent got tased by two local uh, officers. Really? Uh, I saw some yeah. memes that reference this, but I don't know exactly what happened. Tell me the story. Yeah, so basically, like um, the ATF agent walked up to a house and and the homeowner called the police, local police. Sweet. And he, so he was on a, in like a you know business casual yeah. attire, so he was not in uniform, and he had oh, his, the ATF uh, agent. Agent, agent, yeah. yeah. So agent was sitting on the porch, and then a like, local law enforcement pulled up and just pulled a gun on him and just like get out on the floor. Get oh, down. so they he didn't <laughs> say he, it's an yeah, ATF agent at my house. He just said a creepy man. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he did say ATF, but then, oh. like, of course they didn't open the door. I'm not sure if it's like almost like a swatting on the ATF agent. Right. Presumably <laughs> like, the cops who the came, picture. the the local police who came, did yeah. not know the guy was an ATF agent. That's what you're saying. 
Maybe, yeah. I'm not some sort of、yeah. like miscommunication in between, and、oh, the、good. ATF agent is suing the local sheriff、oh, for using、that. excessive force、uh. <laughs> and unconstitutional policing. Like that was in the letter, the unconstitutional policing in their in their wording of a. The、suit. ATF is accusing a local police agency of unconstitutional policing. Is that what you're telling me? Yep. The ATF is the. <laughs> The original the unconstitutional. Uncon- <laughs> <God> . What?、Uh, yeah, that's in a lot of 2020 things I've heard. The ATF claiming unconstitutional policing against another police agency is among the most 2020 things of the year. <laughs> yeah,、so、we're just here to just stand、that. up for the Constitution. Yeah, okay. Tell me more. Please don't snipe my dog while you're explaining it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, we will see how how this develops. I don't know, January six, and just that just、uh, just a whole、yeah. can of worms. I don't know what, what's going to go. Everybody well, has their own predictions and things like that. Yeah. Well, thank you for updating me on the story. That's、uh, it's one of those things that's a little niche in the gun community, so I hesitate to talk about it a lot on, say, the Sunday show because you know not everyone in our audience is a gun person in that sort of niche way of pistol braces and stuff, but. You know, as, But, I, as I, I mean, it's a big story.、Yeah. It is. It is, yeah. Because, like, I mean, like, even if you don't own a gun, like, government can randomly class reclassify anything, right? Yeah. Just yeah. like England, they can start confiscating knives. And it's、yeah. like, oh, we 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 it's no longer the, allowed. You have a license for knives. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. For non-gun people to understand, it'd be like the the the、um, EPA classifying your car as an assault car because they. They say so, but in this case with the pistol braces, they wouldn't even give you objective criteria for what an assault car is. They would just say if the ATF thinks it looks too fast, they're going to put you in jail for ten years. We have no idea what an assault car is. It's just whatever they decide that day. That was the prospect of this pistol pistol brace letter. Yeah, some random basically classification. Based on the weight of a gun, but they don't give you what、yeah. weight, what caliber, what length. Well, and that's like, this is the, the thing、length? they said. I know nothing. They said,、um, "Get this, Blunt." So the original pistol bla- braces were were built onto AR-15s,、um, and then that way you could have shorter barrels than 16 inches and still have still have it legal. So the ATF approved those braces on AR-15s, which you know rifle caliber AR-15s, and. Now is saying that caliber is a distinct is a factor they'll consider in evaluating whether it's a rifle or a pistol, even though they originally approved it in a rifle caliber. Now they've just decided, well, if we don't like if the caliber is too scary, then it's not a pistol anymore or some such ridiculous. The, it, it was never like the original approval was a rifle caliber. Like what the hell are you talking about? Anyway,、yep. retroactive. Yeah, we should all be yeah, really so, worried about I this. Mean, next up. Would be polymer eighty, right? Like what, eighty percent? Yeah, yeah.、Know? It's like, oh, if you're sold with a bunch of other parts together, then that's considered a firearm.、Yeah. That's a whole mess right. Like、too. that's a right. Like、uh, so, oh, you can't buy three printer because you might print a three lower, right? Oh, lower. Three D printers yeah, are the wave、yeah. of the future. I got to get my hands on one. All right, thank you, man. It goes burr, right? So, all right. <laughs> Have a good night. Have Merry night. Christmas. You too. Uh, okay, that'll do it on calls. Thank you guys for your patience and for hanging out tonight. Much appreciated, and Merry Christmas to all of you hanging out in the、uh, Discord server with us tonight. Let's catch up on some email questions. 
and then we'll oh then... i did have a, a, an ask for the audience okay i saw that somebody had been talking to legal man on twitter about us and it seems like he's familiar with our show but i have no way to contact him i emailed an email address that i actually do not think is a legal man so i would love to talk to legal man if anybody knows how to contact him please let me know his podcast is The Quash. He is at US Law Review on Twitter, and my Twitter is banned. So if anybody can get in contact with him or knows his email address, and you could email me to tell me what it is, blonde in the belly of the beast at gmail.com. I'd be highly appreciative. I'm trying to get in contact with him. So All so right. thank you. So whoever did that, uh, I know it was somebody that watched the Colin show. Uh, talk to him on Twitter. So sweet. All right. Jack, uh, context for the question here. Abandoned by their fathers and failed by their mothers for roughly three generations, the quality of US, USA men is on a decline. Couple this issue with humanity's sheep-like herd mentality and social media compliance and encouragement, this downward trajectory is basically set in stone. Question, why not create a system that virtually guarantees high-quality citizens using the artificial womb? Oh, I don't like that it's at all. Little... What are we, fucking Chinese? Why would... No. Absolutely not. I'm not sure I fully understand. Are we saying all citizens would be raised in one or are we saying develop this technology? No, we, I mean, the technology is coming, but he's saying like, why don't we create a superhuman genetically engineered species? Cause they'll kill us. Yeah. <laughs> they'll probably be justified in doing it too, to be honest. Um, well, the the artificial womb technology I find very interesting from a medical standpoint, like a, a life saving standpoint. If if for whatever reason a child had to be extracted or born premature or whatever, if there were so, if there was a way to help um, to help babies that might otherwise otherwise die through an artificial womb sort of thing, that that's really interesting. But if I'm skeptical of any effort to like perfect humanity or raise a, a better human than is naturally achievable. I don't like it at all. Like That's that. grim and cynical and I don't like it. Yeah. I would say uh, let's, let's fix, let's fix the culture first and have mothers and fathers properly raise their kids. And I know that seems like the easier solution. Eh? It would take a generation no matter what. Um, this is from XX. Matt mentioned the possibility of needing used burner phones to share ideas. We've noticed that with a few of our friends that text through major carriers are being censored. Case in point, um, there was an episode of Tucker one night where the stripes on his tie mimicked the German flag. So we texted our friends and he was quietly signaling that the day of the rope was coming soon. The text kept showing up uh, as not being able to be delivered until we sent it in German. And then they went through wow. immediately. Um, you guys were talking about day of the rope and you all are fluent in German. Is this our audience? I love this. This is hilarious. Um, it also would not let us send pictures of Tucker in a skull mask. Any experience with this? No, but I have no doubt that they're monitoring our conversation. You know, I don't hide any of the stuff that I do and I just use Google. I don't even bother using DuckDuckGo because I would think it was if, if they're monitoring us, which I'm sure they are, they are all of us are fucked. I mean, we've got strength in, in numbers here. No, they totally, they monitor everything we say. So it's, it's, if they're not already censoring private text communications, it's, that's something that's on the horizon. I had one of these creepy experiences the other day, like we're, we're painting some stuff in the house and, uh, you know, we went down to uh, home Depot, looked at some paint swatches and stuff. And I never searched on my computer. I never searched on my phone, certain paint colors. 
then I get back and it's like, hey, uh, what do you think about this one? What do you think about that color? What do you think about this color? And it's like, okay, I know whether you listened to me talk or whether you track my location at the Home Depot paint station, I know you're doing this and it's really weird. So to think that they won't use it, like now they do it to sell us stuff at bare minimum, but to think they won't do it to control for wrong think, we're headed that way. 100%. Yeah. Yep. Maria says, now onto my uh, question. Lately, there's been a lot of talk on the stream about moving to the best place for your family and possibly homeschooling kids. Our new goal is to move somewhere conservative, safer, and affordable. We live on the border uh, in a blue part of Texas and are now concerned with the Dems opening up borders. My husband's job is not his ideal anymore, uh, college art instructor, due to COVID and, other, and, and the climate of the college system. So we have declined to focus... Uh, or we have, sorry, we have decided to focus on me becoming the breadwinner while my husband stays home with the girls so we can stop sending them to daycare, uh, actually raise them ourselves and move. My question is, what is your opinion on the father being the full-time caregiver if it means they do not have to go to daycare, aka being raised by strangers, and is that, uh, or and, and being in a better area to raise a family? Is it uh, as equal to the mother or lesser? I mean, it's way better than daycare still lesser than the mother, but um, I know I'm saying this as my baby is crying, right? So it's, I'm sorry. It sounds like there's a terrorist uh, attack in your house. I uh, know this, this is how she is when I'm doing the show always. Um, she needs mommy, you know? Yes. So it depends on what age your girls are, but anything is better than daycare. But this yeah, is I, how my baby's responding just to being with my husband right now. And like I, I, for a young child, it's, it's really traumatic to be apart from the mom, but anything is better than daycare so if they're a little bit older i think that's fine yeah i uh if if it was if it was if i was in that situation and uh i had to make that sort of adjustment to keep my kids in you know under the watch of my wife and me as opposed to some daycare person that's probably a, a something i would seriously consider i don't know if it's if i was sitting down to build the ideal life of what i would want to do it's probably not like you know, I, I would prefer to be the breadwinner for my family, obviously, but if it meant at the cost of my children being under the care of a stranger, I, yeah, I might, uh, I might consider the alternative arrangement. I don't think that's crazy. Mm. Um, uh, did I read that one? No, I did. Oh, okay. This is Stephalopagus. What are your thoughts on non-Christians celebrating Christmas? I grew up super religious, but the stark contrast of having lived in Europe and coming back to American Christmas was the start of my falling out of Catholicism, uh, slowly making my way back to Christianity. Both my husband and I would prefer to opt out, and he usually takes others' duties for that day. Even when we were both Christian, um, we were adamant that it should be reserved as a holy day. But now I have to constantly argue with belligerent normies that it is literally Christ Mass. How is it not a religious holiday? I want to throw up when I hear neocons ragging on the war on Christmas. You're literally selling out your religion, in my opinion. Um, it, it obviously is a religious holiday, obviously. I mean, non-Christian celebrating Christmas. Why, why bother? I guess I'm not, I guess I'm not sure I understand the question. What are my thoughts on non-Christian celebrating? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Do I count as one? I mean, I come from a family of, um, of, uh, Christian faith, obviously. I, I, I don't know where I stand on this and I continue to go down that path. Um, but I guess he probably means like, explicitly secular have no interest in the faith element of it or the religious story of it. I'm just here to exchange presents and 
participate in that. Um, I, I don't know. I guess I just don't. Feel, do, do you need to step out? It looks like. It looks no, like I mean this. This is how she is during the show all the time. Hey, babe. God, this is terrible. Okay, uh, I, I I don't know. I'd have to have clarification on the question because I, I, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because because I'm not in a position to defend the religious purpose of the holiday as well as someone who is of more strict faith on the issue. Anyway, I'm sorry to punt. I just I feel like I can't I can't make the the case for it. That's I'm not in position to do it. Um, Root Muncher says, imagine everything about COVID is the same, except that being under eight years old is also a comorbidity. That is, you have the same chance of contracting COVID and dying if you are under eight as you were over 80. Uh, which of your positions in the whole COVID affair would change? Think lockdowns, government mandates, uh, masks, vaccines, border closures, etc. Um, everything would, would change for me. So, I mean, I don't think masks would, but, um, if, if this was killing uh, primarily people under eight, yeah, I, I would definitely have a different opinion about this. I don't think much in my approach would change. I think if you have a uniquely vulnerable population, you you protect them or you offer ways to protect them. But I don't believe in restricting the rights of the healthy or people in general because of quote unquote emergencies, because of quote unquote uh I don't know, medical necessity, whatever the protection and the maintenance of, of your natural rights are paramount to me. So I, I'm not saying that that wouldn't be risky. If you're talking about, uh, uh, if, if everyone had the same, uh, fatality rate as those above 80 do, yeah, you're, you're going to face a lot of deaths, but what am I supposed to go and round people up and put them in cages to prevent that sort of thing? I would rely on individual choice and individual risk assessment and individual communities deciding how they want to handle this. I would not favor any sort of um, any sort of top-down draconian solution to that sort of thing. And yeah, I it, mean, it, if five if this killed five percent of children under eight, I would be much more worried about it. Yeah. Well, I'd be worried uh, about it, sure. And and I would I would probably adjust my own habits. Because of for that sure, sort of for thing, sure. but I'm not totally convinced that any of these measures are reducing the spread of, of anything. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. the lockdowns are working. Government mandates. It's kind of vague. I'm not really sure of what you're speaking. The masks clearly don't work at all. Um, the vaccine. Uh, we have no idea what the side effects are going to be. And border closures are the only thing that I can think of that would be hmm. perhaps effective against the spread. It, yeah, and if, and if you I'm had a five percent sure chance of dying of it, I think the vaccine stuff my perspective on the vaccine stuff would, would change. I'm would not change. in favor of mandatory vaccines, even in, in such a circumstance, but in terms of my own risk assessment of whether I would take it, if you had a 5% chance of dying, if you contracted it otherwise. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I guess I would, I would think about it more seriously, but yep. you know, uh, but I would make that same argument right now. If you feel like you're five, if you're in that, a demographic that might, that faces a 5% mortality rate from coronavirus, absolutely go get the vaccine. If you think that it's, um, if it, if it's going to help and if it's going to create the sort of immunity that, that makes you feel comfortable hundred percent. So I, I really don't think much of my perspective would change other than how I personally would approach it. Like how I would change yeah. my own behavior. Yeah. Uh, who's next? Halston is next. Yeah. So I, I got to talking to a pro-choice feminist about the morality of abortion on Twitter. <laughs> I'm sure that was great. We got uh, we had a heated but fairly respectful disagreement up until she realized that the cornerstone of my solution to solving the abortion dilemma involved reversing the 
dissolution of the nuclear family. Then she flipped out and started calling me a white nationalist or supremacist to claim that bringing back the nuclear family was an asinine idea. Thoughts? Uh, well, I guess she was, she's saying that the nuclear family is inherently like a white concept or a white supremacist concept. This, this reminds me, people who genuinely believe that, it reminds me of the African American Museum in D.C. where they said like things like being on time and things yeah, like a white being quality, a, yeah. our hard worker a hard worker that those are those are white concepts or white behaviors um if you think the nuclear family is uh has no value other than to perpetuate whiteness i don't know what to tell you like uh, any child of any race is going to do better than otherwise in uh, when they're raised by their their mom and their dad simple as that only somebody that's unmarriageable or has a low sexual market value would be offended at the notion that we should restore the integrity of the nuclear family. Like, yeah, come on. Among thing, a lot of social science is kind of, um, is, is difficult to measure and you can find statistics that prove this point or that, or you can study things this way or that way to prove the point that you want to among the rock solid things in social science uh, children who are raised by their mom and their dad do better. They just do. It's a, that, that's one of the best indicators of child success down the road into adulthood. Yep. Did, did their parents stay together? Um, this is from Retro Robot Radio. I believe VP Pence should respect the counting of the Electoral College on January 6th with all the reverence given to the state vote counts halfway through con- through counting. He should announce that they're finished for the day and they're going home. The next day he can announce they finished counting by himself at 2 a.m. And Trump won. Are you good with this? I think that's a fantastic idea. What about you? That would be a great show. I would like to see that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Only if they um, <laughs> he should wheel in the votes in suitcases. That's what he should do. <laughs> Yeah, and really. He, he should have There's that. Yeah. yeah, he should have that. Uh, he should bring in the same uh, chick from uh, Georgia, her and her daughter, who were, were part of that uh, suitcase incident, and and just have them have them pass him a USB uh, thumb drive with the re- results on it. He can upload them that way. Yeah, that'd be funny. Incompetent hand says, "Blonde, you talked on a Sunday. You talked about on Sunday, but now you think you would have acted, or no? Okay, let me try again. Blonde." It was talked about on Sunday, but how do you think you would have acted if you didn't have Emmeline in 2020? Do you think your hypochondria would have gotten to you and you'd be calling the cops on kids playing sports, not just because it's gay? Or would you have gone full boog and formed a right-wing death squad, Killdozer oh, yeah. or Spruce Goose? Matt, you said before that uh, Ping 2 is more conspiratorial than you because you're getting more into the tinfoil. Do you feel 2020 has brought you and your new wife closer together? You go. First. Um, I think that if I didn't have Emmeline this year, honestly, if I were going to be a massive hypochondriac about coronavirus, wouldn't it have been more acute because of the pregnancy? And so that I would have gone full right wing death squad. I don't think that I would ever have gone authoritarian in the other direction because I just, I just don't almost from the beginning, I wasn't taking COVID seriously. Um, Mm. yeah, go ahead. Kind of losing your connection a little bit. You're frozen on me now, but we'll see if it. What fixes it. Yeah. It's just, it's, (laughs) I have a frozen image of you with kind of a weird expression, but, uh, everything's totally clear on my end. Is my audio coming through? Yeah. Your audio is fine. 
Oh, now it now oh, it fixed sorry. itself. There we go. Uh, ha- have the conspiracies brought us closer together? I, I, we had we had and have a good relationship and a good marriage, independent of the tinfoil bond that we may share. But stuff she's into and used to talk about that I used to dismiss as like, yeah, okay, all right. Like I know you find this entertaining, but this is pure bullshit nonsense. <laughs> um, now now it's more like you know. I'm listening. Whoa. Go on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in that way, yeah, I, that's not foundational to our relationship. But in so far as we have a new similar interest, or maybe I'm more receptive to that particular that interest of hers. Yeah, but I would. It's a. It's such a small thing in our relationship that it. Um, I wouldn't place it as super high value. But h- how can anyone go through 2020 and not be more receptive? to some of the uh, Alex Jones way of thinking. Oh yeah. That there are, that there are unseen nefarious forces at play trying to assemble control in general. Yeah. I've seen enough. Ooh, uh, James is up next. James in Indianapolis, our, our, our um, concealed carry man in training. Do you want to read this one? Sure. This is uh, James and Jennifer in Indianapolis. Question is for Blonde. Oh, this, I did read this before we went live. This is a good one. After Jennifer finally convinced me to go shooting with her a while back. So for people to have context, husband and wife, husband has fear of guns, has long been working on it. That's the idea. I was further persuaded into acquiring a concealed carry permit uh, and a pistol of my own. Please do not congratulate me. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> okay. Oh, come on, man. As I was preparing to leave the house recently, Jen walked in and I was securing my holstered pistol into my belt. And she looked at me for a moment and said, damn, that's hot. And well, she made me late leaving the house. (laughs) Later, I asked her what was hot about it because it seems like an odd thing to find attractive. She says, I don't know. It just is. So my question is, do you agree that seeing your man armed is hot? And if so, what makes it attractive? Thanks and Merry Christmas. Oh, for sure. My husband is a firearms expert. And I think I've told this story before, but the first two dates we went out, I was like, I'm not into this guy. He's really tall and he's conservative. I'm just, I'm not into it. Our third date, he took me to shoot guns where he got like bullseye after bullseye. And then um, he took me to get dim sum. And then we made out in his car for like 40 minutes. It was awesome. <laughs> like the best date I've ever been So on it was the life. guns that sealed the deal. I don't know. Just something about watching him shoot that gun. He's so tall and proficient. And I was just like, yeah, this guy can protect me. If the boog is coming and that's probably it right there is like your lizard brain recognize the protector, like recognizes the protector capacity ability. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I mean, the first time that you ever wrote in here when you were talking about how you're a huge pussy about guns, I was like, your wife is not going to want to fuck you. (laughs) that's the problem here so isn't this exactly what i was saying like she sees you with a gun and she's like all right yeah it's something deep in our lizard brain about being protected by the men that that we have in our lives maybe this is it because because james has had his fair share of resistance along the way and Mm -hmm. recall prior he had said like "I, i just don't get it i don't even see why it's fun like i can shoot them now but i don't even i don't get the enjoyment factor i don't get why people like this maybe this is the angle that finally uh, seals mm-hmm. this deal is he's like well uh, it, it it means my wife is uh, really into it so uh, I well, guess I mean, if you're a man and you cannot protect your woman you are biologically worthless to mm-hmm. her worthless so I think that that's probably what this is about it turns chicks on 
um, firearm proficiency. It's just a, it's just a big, uh, panty dropper. I don't know what to tell you. Mm. You, you, You've seen the effect now, James. So hard Mm. to argue otherwise. Uh, Chris M Matt, how do you think your friends at YouTube, your friend at YouTube is the person do, can I read, do you think your friend at YouTube is the person that has forced to review all of your videos and do you think they were turned or just stock up? What? So you, we, some, some, well, we've speculated we have someone on the inside at YouTube who is like not banning us for whatever reason. Oh, but forced to review all of our show videos. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know. It must be the same person, right? Maybe, but here's the hole in that theory is that when I have had trouble with YouTube, I have to go to like their chat system and talk to some chat agent in India and get them to yell at the right person and do it's so it's so big that I don't think it's the same person reviewing our videos all the time. That's why sometimes I get demonetized for like saying the F word. And then sometimes I get fully monetized, even though blonde said Pelosi's head should be on a pike. So it's just, it just depends on who's looking at what, but I'm guessing. So I don't think it's the same person. I don't think it's the person who's doing the grunt work of watching our videos for ad, um, ad compatibility or ad eligibility. I think we have someone who's high up enough to stop the ax from swinging. They're not doing the like bullshit small tier work. It, it, that's yeah. other people. I agree. Um, that's my theory anyway. Blonde says, uh, do, uh, but, oh, this is for all. <laughs> Who sent this, this one? one? Oh, is this also Chris? Blonde, yeah. do high tier Asians, as in the Japanese, rank higher than the low tier whites, as in the Irish? Uh, of course not. Of course okay. not. And I, okay. I love the Irish. I don't know what to say. The yeah. Irish get a bad rap, but my like brother Butte. was correctly pointing out that more poets uh, are heralded from Ireland than like any other country in the world. And don't forget about Lucky Charms. That shit's good. Yes. Can't forget about <laughs> Lucky Charms. When I see Dave Cullen, I just immediately think about Lucky Charms. Yeah. Um, no, I do love the Irish. They're a hearty, a hearty people. It makes me kind of ashamed that I'm a British stock because the Brits have pushed out so hard during all of this. Ireland's got some problems, too. Are the Irish doing any better? Or are they doing the same stuff? Uh, they're not doing. They're, mm. All right. Last question. And then I'm going to bow out because my, I'm pretty sure my husband wants to kill himself. Um, Odie says most of the Democrats pet projects, abortion, same sex, sex marriage changes to discrimination legislation regarding gender identity were not passed by the Congress, but were ruled by SCOTUS. Yeah. Democrat policies seem to be about bypassing both the executive and legislative and getting the result they want by activist judges in SCOTUS. Presumably, it's harder to overturn a SCOTUS verdict than repeal a bill if the Georgia elections go Democrat. Is there anything stopping the expansion of SCOTUS? Uh, (laughs) I mean, probably not. Joe Manchin would be what I would say. He's already come out and said, uh, I'm not going to do it. So that would be a 51st vote against any anything like that. But that's just relying on the word of Joe Manchin. If the Democrats go after him and say, listen, if you don't go along with this, we're going to strip you of your committee assignments. We're going to punish you in this way or that. Maybe Joe Manchin would be like, go fuck yourselves. I'm a Republican now. That'd be that'd be cool. Yeah. But so that's that's all I could say. He's the one guy he's the one democrat who has said anything definitive about not doing it and we all know the democrats have their ways to get people in line and nancy pelosi doesn't control the senate obviously but think of how effectively nancy cracks her whip when she has to she does they have their ways they get people in line and if they want to get joe manchin in line they might it's not inconceivable 
Well, one point for the fly, one point for the baby. Zero <laughs> points for blonde tonight. But well, I got a boogie. I think my husband's about to divorce me. Um, All right. I will see you guys on Sunday. And then, uh, as you said earlier, we are not going to have a call-in show next Wednesday. And then a reminder to anybody that has legal man's contact, please email me so that I can link up with him. And I really appreciate it. Thank you for being so flexible. Sorry about my baby. I will talk to you guys on Sunday. Have a good night. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Merry Christmas. Okay. Let's see. We'll catch up with chat and we'll call it a night, guys. Issue says, I prepared an economic stimulus donation to you two. I budgeted $5,000. After provided to uh, several YouTubers, foreign governments, and pet projects, this is what's left. What an amazing deal to provide economic relief. Well, uh, your support for the show is certainly much better than uh, any government uh, any government propping up of it. So thank you for uh, for that. Uh, Phosphorator says leftist dysgenics are worse than foreigners. At least foreigners uh, have understandable and and, uh, sympathetic motivations. And it's honestly easier to talk to them on actual nationalism. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I understand. I understand the points that were make that were made earlier and, and in group preferences are real. As I said, I'm not sitting here denying that sort of thing. I just, when I think of the, if there's any group in the world, I would not want to live among it is um, insufferable white leftists. <laughs> it just, it just is. And uh, if I can get anybody who has a better set of values than those people, I will take it. But, uh, but yeah, Amanda Kate says, "Merry Christmas and Happy New Year." What's your favorite Christmas song? Least favorite Christmas song? Well, uh, I, my favorite Christmas song, as you might have heard, to close sunday's stream and as i've done each and every year we've been doing the stream is uh, have yourself a merry little christmas and the reason i love that song is because it's just a very pretty melody but it's the right tone the thing some christmas songs are kind of creepy or scary in in the way they sound like um uh oh what's the the nutcracker music um I forget, but you know, you know the one i'm talking about the nutcracker music is very creepy and and some of it Sounds pretty, but is very, I don't know. It has like a ghostly quality to it or it's, I don't know on the other. So you have the spectrum of stuff. That's almost like kind of spooky in theme on the other side of it. You have the stuff that's like Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer and those sorts of songs that are almost cartoonish. And those, I don't like that either. Have yourself a merry little Christmas to me is, is the right tone of, um, just being, um, just being encouraging, being uplifting, being sincere, but not being not being almost creepy in its quality. I just love that song. Uh, what are my least favorite? My least favorite are um, are the stuff that's cartoonish, like the you know the stuff that's almost for kids. Rudolph and those kind of songs. Not as much into that. Let's see. Uh, oh, I'm supposed to. <laughs> I'm supposed to sing this one. Did I, or did I skip this one? Anyway, uh, on the topic of Christmas carols, have yourself a merry little Christmas. Sing it. I, I'm not going to sing on the stream, but I'll read your lyrics. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. And have yourself many shotguns, glocks firing at night. Have a great 2021. DCF Press plus com shill time. Well, thank you. That's a good uh, edit to the song. I appreciate that. Does it matter? Says, I got the coup for my birthday and... 
uh, Christmas, and I couldn't be happier. No vaccine for me, thanks. Now actively looking for grandmas to eliminate before 2021. Defensively, of course. Merry Christmas. Well, they're still going to make you get the vaccine wherever you live, I'm sure. I, I, may, I don't know. I, I, I say that whether you're American or whether you live internationally. Uh, they're going to make you get the vaccine. Having the coronavirus does not excuse you from the, They're going to vaccinate Trump very shortly, and he had it. So you're not excused. You still got to do all that stuff. Uh, Merry Christmas. Hope you're feeling all right. Long Dong John says, now that now that it's bad news that Trump is vetoing this bill, uh, why don't they simply wait a month and get Biden to pass it? I, I will, I'll be very interested to see how they handle this. Uh, and if Democrats and Republicans are willing to cooperate and how Trump handles this and is Trump... I can't tell if Trump is being sincere about wanting these big checks or if he just kind of wants to blow up the system and uh, if it's almost I don't know I, I whatever he's doing I like the fact that we're pushing back on this ridiculous bill that we had that said if all we get at the end of this is the same sort of ridiculous spending plus two thousand four thousand dollar checks going out that's not good either like I'm in favor of this bill being blown up and mostly left blown up that's about it um and, and, you know I do understand that 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 um there's been a lot of damage done by the coronavirus lockdowns and maybe the government has a role in correcting for some of that damage. That said, it wasn't really the federal government who did that damage. If we could reach a deal where we say, all right, here's some direct payments and some more direct coronavirus aid to correct the damage that was done. Also, we're opening up. We're done with this shit. I'd be more receptive to that. But what I worry about in the structure that we've had right now is you allow New York and California and these other abusive authoritarian states to continue abusing their populations with the expectation that the federal government will just keep bailing them out. And when it's the federal government, well, who does that mean? That means you and me and everybody else. So I just cause Trump is walking away from this doesn't mean that I'm encouraged about what's to follow. I think that we might get something even shittier quite possibly, but I like the fact that Trump is uh, blowing this up and not going along with what these people want because they're what they're producing is absolute bullshit. So let's let's try to make them do better. Dying Light of the West says, "Have a great Christmas and New Year's. Stay safe. You as well. Merry Christmas. Uh, and thank you for for that support for the show. Wow, I appreciate that very much. I am not going to be niggardly. Long Dong John also says, "Get the uh, fly spray out and get it over with, blonde. Yeah, I don't know if she." I, maybe there's not a fly swatter in that house or maybe they <laughs> they have no way of fly control. I don't, uh, it seems kind of odd to have a winter fly. I don't have a lot of flies in my house in the wintertime. Maybe it's just me. Freddie Sauce says, blonde trying to catch that fly. Same face as America trying to catch a break. Yeah. Merry Christmas, y'all. Girlfriend caught a legit cold and we're supposed to fly tomorrow. FML. Oh, good luck with that. Uh, all the best to uh, you and your family. Merry Christmas. Yeah, don't don't cough even once. If you cough on a plane, that's the equivalent of saying you have a bomb now. It's uh, I, I, have, I guess the last time I flew was September. And uh, yeah, my strategy is just eat the, the bag of pretzels that they give you at the slowest possible pace. See how long the flight attendants will let you not wear a mask by sipping your Diet Coke throughout the entire duration of the flight. Uh, Daniel Yuri says, if secession happens, China wins. It could be. I think, honestly, that's the strongest argument that I've heard against sort of a, a mutual agreement to part ways is that we would be in a weaker position internationally. But at the same time, uh, like am, by 
if the Democratic Party is CCP adjacent, which sounds like a preposterous statement, but I don't honestly, I don't think it is all that insane. Are you just kind of allying with a Chinese proxy anyway? I think there's an argument there, too. They're not the same thing. Like, I guess I'd rather have Biden than Xi Jinping as my president. But um, I don't know. (laughs) How different are they? They might be they might be pretty similar. But yeah, your your point is taken. And I think it's a strong one. The strongest one that I'm aware of. Spoons and Forks says, hey, it's uh, what else? I want to say that my argument was poorly borrowed from a guy named Curtis Yarvin. Also, would you have uh, Ma- Michael Malice on? I, I, yeah, I like Michael Malice. Um, I have not invited him before. I don't know if he would come on, but uh, I, I appreciate him, and uh, I think he does good stuff. Yeah, so uh, I'd be willing to talk for sure. Trent Shepard says, always a joy to consume the content you two produce. Love this community. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you for helping us keep it operational. Much appreciated. Merry Christmas, Trent. Logan Orr says, an ATF agent was tased by local cops. Their department should buy them both hookers at a, at a as a Christmas bonus. Merry Christmas, guys. That's a great story. I need to look into this one. That one uh, slipped under my radar, so thank you. Simon Reichek says, uh, I was uh, going to have to crack at calling in, or I was going to have a crack at calling in, but uh, had washing up to do dishes before bishes, y'all. Uh, Merry Christmas to you both, and thanks for the sanity safe space. Merry Christmas, Simon. Thank you. 2AEDU says, just broke good news. ATF backed off for now and rescinded their proposed rule making... Uh, their proposed rulemaking for pistol braces. Yes, uh, just heard that, and that is fantastic news. I wonder if this, if this will impact the um, brace market. Like, is there going to be a rush? I guess I haven't tried to buy a brace this year. H- have they been available, or are they suffering from the same fate as pretty much all gun products? And will this news create uh, an even bigger demand for people to buy them now that we know that they might be tougher to get in the future, or at least have stricter regulations upon them, potentially? But that's the thing with the rule. They didn't ban braces outright. They just said, if you put a brace on a gun that has certain ambiguous characteristics that we'll give you clues about, but we won't state explicitly, then it's illegal. So I guess maybe maybe the bra- maybe there wouldn't be a rush because it's like, who cares? It's, you know, the ATF doesn't regulate that item. It's just a piece of plastic and rubber. The crafty Huragok, or a crafty Huragok, Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make bad times. Bad times make strong men. Ritz and repeat. 100% true. I worry that we are about at the stage of weak men making bad times. But that said, that means we have um, we can look forward to bad times making strong men. That's something. Thunderstorm says, uh, Merry Christmas, Matt and Blonde Chat and YouTube censor. <laughs> also happy you'll. Merry Christmas, but not to the YouTube censor. Fuck that guy. Or Chick or Zer. Genubath. Monarchy. One head to cut off. Property tax. Only if property is required to vote. That's interesting. Uh, the, I, I'm, I'm kind of sympathetic to the um, property owners. Uh, we're we're having we have to have some way of measuring skin in the game as a prerequisite to voting. I I actually think that's completely fair. Uh, what we have right now largely is people voting to take other people's shit. We have wolves voting against sheep for what's for dinner, and that was never really the design. It's not supposed to be about voting to take shit. You're supposed to have a right to your shit. Your property is one of those inalienable rights the Declaration speaks of, and your pursuit of that property. And yet we've decided that voting is of the highest value. The democratic uh, democratic system is of the highest value. So you can literally vote to violate other people's rights. That was never really the vision. 
but uh, we're doing it. Dangerous Spaces says, too far down the call-in list again this week. You'll just have to imagine my jolly voice saying Merry Christmas and have a, a safe and happy New Year. You as well. And thank you again, man, for your help in uh, conducting this show. Hugely appreciated. Merry Christmas. Chris Raposo says, wishing you both a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year from a fan up here in Ontario. Thanks for all you both do throughout the year. Thank you, Chris. Quantum Football and Merry Christmas, Chris. Quantum Football says, why does the bill only pay for car insurance for people with HIV and not car insurance for everyone? I'm not sure I get the reference. <laughs> Maybe I missed that one. Although if there's an AIDS joke in there, it's probably funny. I just, I, that one's over my head. Maybe it's too late in the night. Thank you, man. Esoterica Unbound says, Monday, our governor declared that if I visit my 83-year-old dad in Missouri and don't quarantine for 10 days upon return, I risk a year in prison. The stress of this living, the stress of this uh, living death isn't sustainable. These fascist fucks are playing with fire. Well, and that's the thing. Obviously, uh, all the best to your family and may your dad live long and, and healthy years ahead. But th- this is what sucks is your your dad is 83 and, and soon enough I'll be in a position where my parents are of advanced age too. And who, whose choice should it be for, for how to spend those later years? Does the state get to direct your dad about what risks he, he's willing to accept and how to spend his final years? I don't think that should be a thing. And yet that's the situation that we're in that your, your dad doesn't get to decide at least without at best a whole bunch of strings attached. Um, and how many just, just in the, in the broader picture here, how many elderly people have thought they were buying time and you know, they, they thought they were pursuing safety only to end up alone and isolated for months on end and then to die anyway. That's gotta be pretty healthy population of people since we've been doing this for a year or at least going on a year. That's terrible. People, people should be able to make these risk assessments for themselves, but uh, it's compassionate not to let them do that and seize control of their last years of life from them. It's uh, total cruelty, man. All the, all the best to you and your dad. Merry Christmas. And uh, I, I just hope that you guys decide to do what is right for you. Don't, don't let anybody bully you out of uh, out of the uh the later years of your dad's life those are those are good years you guys should spend together and those are experiences you should have so godspeed trucker chris says that the elites told us the solution to this system when they made antifa their avatar on the streets yeah yeah you wonder what sort of degree of control there is over that sort of thing uh merry christmas trucker chris darren says gang i watched the Watts family documentary today. And I have to agree with blonde while Chris is the lowest level of demonic trash. Shanann was arguably a horrible narcissistic dumpster fire. I mean, Shanann, uh, well, I, I don't know. Like, did Shanann seem cool? I, I don't know if I want to hang out, but like what that guy did, and I know you're not justifying it, but for people who don't know the story, Chris is the husband he started having an affair um, and kind of kept it a secret from his wife. His wife, Shanann was um, she did a whole bunch of social media business and stuff. And they had two young daughters. I think they were like two and four years old. And he ended up killing his wife, which is horrible enough, but he, he strangled or suffocated his wife. And then the, the girls come in 
and ask, what did you, what's up, what's wrong with mommy? He says, mommy's sleeping. And he packs up mommy's sleeping body into the car. He also packs up the girls into the car and he drives them out to this oil rig or some sort of oil outpost way out in the middle of nowhere, Colorado, where he works. And this is the sickest part of the story to me because I, at some level, I understand killings of passion, killings of rage doesn't justify them, but I understand how people get consumed by emotion and act out in rage and kill another person. This guy didn't do that to his daughters. He didn't kill his daughters in a fit of rage. He packed them up in the car with his dead wife's body and drove them for something like an hour thinking about this the whole time. And then he suffocated his daughters too. They're two and four. And I don't know what the order I forget, but one of the daughters watched the other one suffocated by her dad. And then she too was suffocated. So uh, that, that's this. That's the story. <laughs> I just want to give full context. I don't know if Shanann was cool or not, but what, what this guy did is, uh, is inhumanly sick. It, it's just, um, to drive your young daughters for an hour, knowing full well that you're going to do this to them and not stopping following through with it and forcing one of them to watch it is just uh it's pure sickness. Anyway, <laughs> draw your own conclusions about Shanann. Watch, watch the Watts family documentary on Netflix. Mr. Jones says, Merry Christmas, Matt and blonde. And thank you for the sanity safe space. Merry Christmas, Mr. Jones. Thank you for uh, keeping it operational. Knuckle hunky buck. I always have trouble reading that one. Knuckle hunky buck. Did you guys hear about the Minnesota bar alibi reopening in violation of the governor's orders? Fox nine.com slash news slash Lakeville bar defies COVID-19 order for the second day, despite state's action. I heard there was uh, wasn't there a coalition of like 200 businesses in Minnesota that were going to defy the governor's order. Did they follow through on that? Or is that dead? Uh, obviously uh, that's the sort of thing. This is how it ends. You just start saying no. So hopefully all uh, good things to come for them. Thank you for, uh, for that. And uh, Merry Christmas. Titus Moeller says, Matt, thanks again for sharing insight with my, uh, for me with my friend, Adam or for my friend, Adam and his new channel. I really appreciate it. And I know he will too. I wish you and blonde a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, sir. And good luck to your friend with his channel. And thanks for uh, reaching out. It's uh, always a pleasure to offer what help I can. So thanks very much. Merry Christmas. Quantum football says it was not an AIDS joke. There's oh okay here's the clarification it's not an age joke there's 183 million dollars in this bill to pay for car insurance for HIV positive people and worded that way okay that that that's it's not even a joke totally unsurprising why do the HIV positive people need car insurance what <laughs> why is that there's got to be some explanation for why that's in there I'd be curious to hear it. Over on uh, DLive, Madam Mayhem says, what is the name of the Patriot Ammo sponsor, please? That's Phoenix Ammunition, F-E-N-I-X, Ammunition. If ever you forget, head over to my website, mattchristiansandmedia.com, head to the deals page, slash deals. And uh, all the uh, offers, including offers from Phoenix, are listed there. You can find it there. And as I mentioned, if you're in the ammo market, you're struggling He's uh, Justin at Phoenix and all these guys, they're still pumping out ammo, 5.56, 9mm, 45, 300 blackout are the calibers they're producing, I know for sure. Not that much of 300 blackout, but it does come out. Uh, so if, if those are calibers you're searching for, the common stuff, they're still pumping it out. So follow on Twitter at Phoenix Ammunition. Sign up on the website for email notifications. If you're quick on the click, the ammo can still be had and they're keeping the ammo at... at 
prices that are as low as possible given the current circumstances, which is very much appreciated. So thank you for inquiring and good luck in your ammo search. Steve Watts says, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Steve. And we'll just check Streamlabs here, guys, and we'll call it a night. Raggle Fraggle. Uh, we got Raggle Fraggle. That's right. On the property tax question. Okay. That will do it. Very much appreciated, guys. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Merry Christmas to you and yours. I hope everybody takes a minute to just appreciate friends and family and let's turn off the political brain for a minute. Remember what's important. Have a good time. Refresh. Lose the negativity. Avoid the black pills. Because we might have plenty of them coming in January. We'll see. You got the Georgia runoffs. You got the congressional certification. As soon as we're back from the new year, things are poised to get crazy again. So enjoy the time that we have. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you on Sunday. Have a good night.